Yes, sir. Time to crank up the big, the bottom, and the boom shakalakas, baby. I am the captain. We are the sports brew. And, man, it is time to crank up some Super Bowl shenanigans. I tell you what, that was an incredible – I hate to say that it was a great game. You know what I mean? Because start to finish, it had great moments. I don't know if that was a great game, but it certainly was an unbelievable comeback and an unbelievable finish. That you have to say without a doubt. All right? In the annals of great Super Bowl games, maybe you go, oh, I like this one better, I like that one better. That's fair commentary too, but good God, what a comeback, what a collapse, or as some people would say, a choke, even if you hate the term. You know, that's fair commentary as well. And we'll get into all that stuff because it's really hard to have, you know, it, it's kind of hard to have a comeback without a little bit of a collapse, right? Uh, that's yeah. just the way that that goes. But man, Super Bowl 51, uh, in the end, it absolutely delivered. And I feel bad for all the people that were like, I'm turning this game off. I'm going to bed. You know, they had, <laughs> they missed out on one of the most epic finishes that you that you can really have in the world of sports incredible just incredible and lindy uh i I know you're recovering from uh ankle surgery whatever you had going on but man what a great way (laughs) what a great setup right what a great setup for you as a patriots fan he was on with us last week that was a lot of fun i know you enjoyed that and i was looking forward to talk i was i was hoping we could squeeze him in like this week we'll have to try to catch him another time and just chat with him about uh, either how many if he was pulling a craft, how many beers he was drinking, right? <laughs> or it, or if or if he had pounded the arm of his sofa off, <laughs> you know, or something, man. Pulled an Ennis Cantor and broke yeah. his arm. Yeah, if if he was like, yeah, if he broke his forearm, like hitting his sofa, like something crazy, right? I was halfway expecting him to be in one of those like random. Look, there's this fan that b- broke their TV. You know what I mean? One of those viral YouTube videos, man. Uh, all, all kidding aside, absolutely insane. And uh, if, if if you're a Falcons fan, if you're a Falcons player, that's a gut wrenching, heartbreaking, nauseating loss. And never, uh, ever it, ever get over that. I one. mean, I, I just if <laughs> it's one of those things, man. If they never make it back to the Super Bowl, that one will haunt them. From a football player standpoint, that is a game that will haunt those players well past their retirement. You know what I mean? It'll be like one of those missing rings things that they'll do a 30 for 30 oh, on or whatever. That, that whole game's going to be a 30 for 30. Yeah. Oh, it should be. I mean, hell, the fourth, well, the fourth quarter, <laughs> if nothing oh else, the gosh. fourth quarter. Anyway, well, let's go ahead and get everybody in. Uh, Whitfield may show up. He may not. I don't know. He was, he, he was uh, on the phone or something, so we had to we booted him from ye old uh, podcast chat. We'll see if he pops his head back up. We shall see. But... If nothing else, we, we we have the trifecta. Oh, I guess you're off the phone now, huh? Okay, good. Well, welcome back, Jack. Anyway, let's go ahead and get everybody in, have a little fun, and uh, obviously this will be a very Super Bowl-centric uh, podcast. Uh, we're not going to go New York Knicks and bounce, you know, and bounce Whitfield out like uh, Oakley, <laughs> unless he deserves it. By the way, Knicks, that's a terrible look. <laughs> that's that, that's that, a terrible that's look. I'm not. You do not boot Oak. I'm not saying Oak was right for like shoving the guys. I mean he he's in the wrong on that. But what a terrible terrible look for your organization and your franchise and for the NBA to do that to that man because he doesn't like your owner and he's giving the owner grief. Well, that's a terrible thing to do. And uh, any any social media blowback lashback 
It's deserved. That is a franchise in disarray. Issues with Jackson, issues with Carmelo, issues with the owner, issues with, with former player. I mean, that that's horrible. That's horrible. And, and Knicks fans have to be so salty and pissed, not only because their team sucks a big bag of ass, uh, but then they have that kind of stuff happening. I mean, that, that, that to me is largely unprecedented in the, in the sports. I mean, when, did, when the hell does that happen? Just, I've, I've never seen anything like that, dude. Absolutely Oakley, crazy. Oakley showed more fight in that like two minutes than the Knicks have all season. <laughs> right? Uh, you know what, Shannon? This is the song you need to come into. There you go. Just for Oak, right? Who am I? What's my name? <laughs> Oakley, damn, baby. Damn right. <laughs> the enforcer. <laughs> and he's a very Knicks dude. You know what I mean? He's oh, like dude. he's a beloved player from like their last last period of time where they were like really good. You know, like really, really, really good. Because that's that Ewing, that era with Ewing and those guys. I mean, that's an underrated team, and people forget how good they were because they don't have the ring. They didn't finish, but those are some damn good Knicks teams, man. Because they had to compete with freaking Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then when they got to the finals, they freaking had to go against Hakeem Olajuwon. The dream, baby. Oh, That's tough rolling, buddy. It, it truly is, man. That's tough rolling, man. That, those were some really good teams. Mm-hmm. Very mm. underrated. By the way, Justin. Yeah, yeah. This is podcast number 199. Look at that. We'll be talking about the 199th pick. Of the 2000 draft a lot in this podcast. You see how well that worked out? It's almost like it was meant to be. This is the this is the TB12 podcast, and Mark just ran off to barf. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm sure for his next tattoo, he'll have you know Tom Brady, you know, doing a, you know shaking his fingers, or maybe 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 you'll get the uh, you know Brady's shirt or whatever with that one ring on the middle finger somewhere on like your calf. Or Brady. Brady, Brady. Brady doing Salt Bay. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like that one, man, a lot. I like that uh, one a lot. Too. <laughs> Mark, did you sneak down to Houston and steal his jersey? <laughs> I would never have done such a thing. Yes, I did. Figured <laughs> <laughs> he did. Yeah. Well, that's a, that, that. You know what? That's okay, right man. To my, right next to my toilet. But yeah, to figure something else, something else to wipe with. Something else so, to wipe with. Don't lie, you would have sold that on eBay. <laughs> Unfortunately, sold it to Lindy. Unfortunately, that item, I think uh, you've seen speculation for the valuation of that jersey, and I, the numbers I would imagine is a bit high. But um, I've seen numbers thrown around like five hundred thousand dollars, and that seems astronomical. Um, the jersey clearly has a ton of value. Uh, I think there's some, you know, maybe it shows up on the equipment truck. I don't know that I'm a buyer of that. We'll see. Um, you'd like to think, with all the attention being paid to it, that if it was somebody associated with the team that pilfered it that maybe it just accidentally shows back up because <laughs> let me tell you what man they're on the look for that thing and uh i don't know unless they paid somebody to slip in and pilfer it and get the heck out like some real like under the table stuff and there's a lot of I mean, look black market art that's a real thing i'm not sure about black market sports <laughs> you know memorabilia but it probably that that probably exists as well I mean, that's, but, that's got goodell written all over it I'm pretty sure Goodell did not steal his jersey. Although uh, one of my favorite comments, let me see if I can find this thing, man. People were talking about this whole jersey deal, 
and uh oh where is this thing obviously i've got so many things bookmarked it's absolutely crazy ah here you go one of my favorite user comments was on a pft article and i about fell over laughing i said goodell will suspend brady for four games for losing his jersey i was like <laughs> nice it's so ridiculous on the, on the recommendation of john Merritt. yeah 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 well, yeah, that's a very Whitfield dig thrown in there just for good measure. But I tell you what, like I said, we gotta get everybody gotta gotta get everybody in. Uh, so might as well do that. So Mark, 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 Mark. I tell you what, man, sure. let's go ahead and get you in, brother. You know, you know the deal. You know the deal. I, I know it well. Go ahead, man. Three brew and fun, baby. Here it comes, man. Woo. Now, now, Whitfield's over here, like, trying to get me to cut, trying to get all this to stop. Because realistically, I was joking around. We were joking around. And we were like, well, you know, we got the D-stat, woo. But what's more fitting for episode 199, the TV12 episode, and Mark Yee of Giants fan fame, the Tyree catch, the Manningham catch, you know, knocking off the undefeated Patriots, all the things that make you very happy to reminisce about. But I think in honor of you... The D-Stat, Woo, Roger Goodell. <laughs> I really think I really think we might consider, at least for tonight, it's not the D-Stat poo. It may need to be the D-Stat boo. That's what NFL football is all about. <laughs> you know how hard these are to get. And this is your fifth under your leadership. Dude. Coach Belichick and Tom Brady. <laughs> That MF got booed out of the building. Congratulations to your organization, to your fans, to your community. We're so proud of you. Take your Super Bowl trophy home to New England. Take your Super Bowl trophy home. I'm going to run off the stage, man, because everybody is booing me like there is no tomorrow. That was the loudest, like, cascading of boos I can ever remember in a trophy celebration. It sounded like they were in New England, man. <laughs> that was yeah. great. That was great. And, uh, you know, we've joked around about a lot of stuff with the, uh, you know, the, the Patriots Revenge Tour and the F. Goodell Tour and, and all of those things. And I think, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, symbolically at least, regardless of how you feel about ye olde deflate gate, um, symbolically it feels at this point now that the Patriots won that ordeal. That's a lot of backstory. There's a lot of things to unpack with that. But to Rod, for it to you know, work out, ultimately work out in this fashion, to have dealt with what really, you know, his suspension, all the questions about the franchise, about him, is he a liar, is he not, the phone, what the league did, how they investigated it, you know, all these things that kind of get wrapped up in that, for them to deliver and win the Super Bowl – for Brady to be MVP, for the the crowd to boo mercilessly. I mean, that was incredible. And then for Goodell to basically get the trophy, shake some hands, and then get the heck off the stage, it, it was ridiculous. And that dude got out of there, man. That was like, I'm out. <laughs> They're booing. He had a trap door and just rolled out. He disappeared almost as quickly as Lady Gaga did when she caught that football at the end of like the. Oh yeah. I think did he must have used the Gaga escape door. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was like, boop gone. Yeah, that was crazy, and uh, I, I will admit I thoroughly enjoyed 
every single freaking moment of that. I loved it. I loved the booze. Um, I think the only person that may have been happier than me that was a non-Patriots fan was Joe Thomas, who said that Roger Dell scurried like a rat. <laughs> it's a, it's a quote. Quote, I especially enjoyed how overeager Roger was to smile at all the Patriots and give them a big handshake, but then as soon as he gave them the trophy, he scurried off the stage like a rat. It was awesome. I was like, yeah, freaking brilliant. <laughs> freaking brilliant, dude. I thought that was fantastic. So tonight, tonight, it may be referred to as the D-Stat boo. So you'll be okay, Mark. Speaking of which. Speaking of which, what you got, Shannon? I did see a great message that was sent to you yesterday from Toby. He said, I can't hear Return of the Mac without thinking of the sports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that uh, made me laugh. I love how Mark said, that's great. That means we're in there deep. And I'm like, oh, my God. What, <laughs> what would Shannon say? What would Shannon say? We know the answer. Because that's, that's what she said, I think, is one thing that Shannon's never going to give up, right? <laughs> <laughs> Never gonna break free of that, bro. No, no, I wouldn't. Never I wouldn't let it go. There you go. There you go. I'm proud Mr. of you. Green, aren't you getting um, sports brew tickets to go see Mr. Astley this Sunday no. at uh, the National? <laughs> no, like we joked around about going to see Rick Astley at the National, but uh, if Todd's buying, I'm going. But other than that, nah, nah. <laughs> I can watch yeah. them on. I can watch them on YouTube. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. It's <laughs> about right. It's about right. Anyway, yeah, you heard him talking. There's old Matthew Philip West Whitfield. What's up, bro? What's up, big man? You know, good stuff, man. The good stuff. Just rocking and rolling. You know, waiting to hear your uh, your waxings and all the uh, you know confirmations. I can't wait to hear your in-depth analysis of sessions. I'm just kidding. Don't actually say yes, anything. I like you. <laughs> you would. <laughs> well, I've got a better it, understanding about the charter schools after there are. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you, you do. Like me yeah. Quite, quite well. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad I could help you out a little bit after I, after I trampled you in the sports brew chat. Anyway, salute o'clock, gentlemen. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I think it is time to raise a glass and enjoy basking. At least I'm basking in the glow of the Super Bowl. Let me, dude. Monday when I went into work, you know it was great, man. Because uh, you can tell when you go to work, like the day after the Super Bowl, when you go to work or you go wherever you're hanging out, you can tell who partied hard the night before. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You can tell who um, overindulged and is just kind of dragging through the day. And I had you would think I'm not a Patriots fan, but you would think I was because I was so delectably, delightedly happy. I wrote I wrote TB12 goat on my door. Um, I was like, woo! And anybody that wanted to talk about the game, I was talking about the game. I mean, it was great. I, I felt like I was, uh, I just, I so enjoyed uh, the comeback. Uh, I mean, I felt bad for the Falcons. That was a terrible way for them to lose. But it's just, at the end of the day, dude, I was so, I was so happy that they pulled that off. And I just, like, the whole, like, Almost the entirety of Monday, I was just like, yeah! It was great. It was great, dude. Even if they didn't want to talk about it, Justin persisted. <laughs> as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, you are correct. You are correct. I mean, he woke up that morning talking about it. Right out of bed. I'm, I'm downstairs sleeping. He wa- he wakes me up. Well, the, wake up. What about that game? And I'm like, really? It's like yep. 6.45. Uh, well, yeah, dude. We had to, I had to drop you off at your house so I get to work. 
You had to get up. <laughs> get up and get Reminder going. Reminder for any any fans and friends of Sports Brew, if you spend the night at Green's house and you sleep downstairs on the sofa, turn the baby monitor down. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah. yeah. Or turn that fan on. Or turn the fan on. Oh, yeah, on. good point. Yeah. There are ways around that. And now you know for future reference. But that was a good time, man. No, like, uh, there, I indulged quite a bit. Uh, and we might as well do Salute O'Clock right, and we'll talk about some of the Super Bowl beers. But uh, this very fine evening, I have this three-notched 40-mile IPA, which has been one of my uh, beers, my main beers as of late. It's good, man. I like it. And, of course, Costco has it, so it's like double win. <laughs> it's like a cases of the stuff for a good price. But really is a good IPA, man. So a little 40-mile IPA right here. Mm. Nice. What you got, Shannon? I have a Licking Hole Creek Kentucky French Toast Imperial Brown Ale. That is a hell of a name. Is. Good God. It I is hope it's actually, good. It is really tasty. Yeah. Well, that's a win. It's very tasty. That's they a win. just released it this past weekend. Right, Mark, what do you have? A uh, recumbent flip my load? By <laughs> lick- <laughs> that should be a licking that should be a licking hole creek beer. The recumbent flip my load, or that, maybe that could be a ma- maybe that could be a magic hat. You should. It, it, I tell you what, if Dogfish Head takes name suggestions, you should mail that one in. I will. I will. I remember that. Recumbent um, flip my load. I mean, I know you're a cheeky bugger, so you know why not? I try. I try. I yeah. try. Uh, <laughs> but I'm- Andre Ryzen approves. <laughs> what you got, bro? I am in a, I am enjoying myself a uh, a magic hat fat fat angel. It's a a paler shade of ale. A paler shade of ale. It's a good name too, man. Mm-hmm. It's no recumbent flip my load, but no, no, quit me. What could be? I mean, very few <laughs> things can live up to so. that. That's uh that's up here, man. The stackable recumbent flip my load. That's Whoa. True. Whoa. Whoa. That'd be like. Be like double double the percentage. I mean, yeah, man, that would yeah that would strong, that would be beer. yeah yeah that would be the the DD of uh, of that beer, right? It would be. It, it would shame be. Shame, that after uh, this weekend, I gotta gotta take uh, like two weeks off of drinking. It's a damn shame. Why's that? Doctor request. Doctor request. Stupid, stupid doctor. Man, what? what? Not, like beer? Like all alcohol? All alcohol. Oh wow. Man. Mark, let's go drink some old duels or something. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not that desperate. What? The, no, no. I mean, it's not that hard. I I'll, mean, it, I'll be, I'll be fine. But yeah, it's okay to not drink beer. It's just, you know, if you're used to at least having like one, enjoying one every once in a while, that's you're like, oh man. Because look, it's one of those things where you're like, well, you like, know, you can't have it, and then then you want it a little bit more. Let's like, let's be yeah. realistic. Or you're gonna have like, you know, social situations where you're out and about, and you're like, oh man, I want a beer. You know, and you have to be like. Can I have iced tea? <laughs> or can I have a Coke? <laughs> I'll just have this water, th- thanks. <laughs> this time last year with the old job, th- this would have been really tough. Uh, right now, my current job, it's so easy. I've got it cushed. I can't complain. So I, it, it really won't be that bad. But unfortunately, well, but. on the bright side, I think Grunk chugged enough beers for all of us at the <laughs> Probably Victory <did>. Parade. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that was great. Weeks. Yeah. That that guy crap, man. You know he had he had some booze flowing through him. He's like ripping his shirt off and doing gronk things. Oh man, I I I really hope he he gets healthy and is back on the field. 
he really is a fun dude. I, I know there's people that don't like him for his party boy antics or whatever, man. I like that guy. I don't I don't mind all that stuff with him. I really don't. It's kind of good to see a little bit of that, but uh, that was fun. That was fun. He, it looked like he had a really good time with the fans. I think he said something like, you know, I, I wasn't going to go wild, but I chugged beers for him, meaning the fans. He's like, I had to. <laughs> They're out there, like, giving him beers. And there was one, I saw this one video clip, and he took a, a can. I, th- I don't know if it was Bud Light, you know, Natty, whatever it was. And he took it, and he actually, like, opened, he popped the top with his teeth. He just took it, went, and then took a slug from it and gave it back to the person. I was like, there's a dude that does some partying. When you- oh, my God. If you can't uh, look it up, it's like a, kind of like a Baywatch trailer mm-hmm. with uh, Gronk and The Rock. Go look it up. The Baywatch? I, well, I saw a Baywatch trailer. I don't really. Is it the I'll official one? It- yeah, huh? you, can th- you can throw it in the brew chat. Why not? Oh, my God. He better die laughing. Oh, good. Put Rock through uh, some under, I mean, some panties at him. And he thought it was... um. He thought it was Pam Anderson's, but it was really Zac Efron's. From and, and Kronk starts going off on the rock. It's actually really funny. All right, well that's cool. You can throw that in the sports group chat. We'll check it out. Okay. So I tell you what, man. Uh, obviously, sports bro, sports bro, <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> for the for the take record, a take a drink. You know, you know it's, it's funny because like I was thinking for a moment. I was thinking back to uh, you know you see all, uh, anytime we have the Super Bowl, there's always these people that are like. Posting on Facebook, they're like, I don't care about the Super Bowl. I didn't even watch the game. I'm like, dude, if you didn't care about it, why are you writing about it? Exactly. If you don't care about the Super Bowl, why even make a post about it? Exactly. You know, zip your pothole. The, the ones that I think are at least moderately funny, uh, there's always the, the, the there's this weird this weird collection of memes and related ones. It's like, they talk about sports ball. <laughs> and it's like, they always have like the four panel one with the reporter. And they're like, hey, man. Uh, what happened in the in, in the game today? Well, you know, we sported pretty hard, and we, we outsported this team, and we sported more points. And the, they're just lampooning everything with the sports. And, you know, some people don't get it. And, you know, one of the things I love about sports in general, and we, we talk about a lot of things on the podcast, whether it's the Olympics. Obviously, we cut, we'll talk about virtually any sport if we at least semi-pay attention to it. Um, actually, we'll talk about stuff we don't even pay attention to, just for, you know, ish and giggles at times. But... It's really the human component of it. When, you know, when we talk about a game like this, the backdrop is, is not just the teams and not just the franchises, but it's the players. You know, you think about all the stuff that's wrapped into this. It's the evolution of, of Matt Ryan. It's the coaching staff. It's what they've put in. It's, it's a chance for Dan Quinn to get some vindication against, you know, the Patriots because they, you know, they, obviously when you go back when it's Patriots-Seahawks, they have the Malcolm Butler pick. Um, and that was with the Falcons. You, you know, you're talking about, you know, Brady having a chance, not only from a football standpoint, to cement his legacy um, as arguably the GOAT, but you also have the tie-in with his mother and her, and her battle with cancer, and, which, you know, I don't know how many people knew about that. I was not aware of that until we got to the Super Bowl. I don't know if that was really common knowledge. Maybe more people discussed it. and bought, I don't know. I didn't hear anything about that. Then we got no to the idea. Super Bowl, right? So it was framed really by Deflategate. And then, then also, uh, there was a really good article in SI, and they were talking about the connection between Goodell and Brady. And they were talking about Goodell's mother. And I don't remember what she passed away from. I think it was cancer as well, uh, but how he helped take care of her. And they were talking about some of these ties between the, It was a really interesting article. Um, mm. But, I, I mean, that backdrop, again, it's the human condition. And, and then you have things like uh, more football-centric, you know, Belichick talking about, um, them getting up off the mat 
You know what I mean? And I think that's appropriate because a lot of lesser teams, a lot of other teams, man, down 25 points, they would have folded They would have folded up the tents, dude. See ya. We're just going to get through this game called a day. It's done. Justin. Yeah. Stat, stat of the year here. Since 1991, teams that were leading by 25 points mm-hmm. or that were down by 25 points, four and 1,057. I mean, that's incredible. That's incredible. I don't know if they break that down for 25 in like the fourth quarter or something, you know, or third or whatever. But to be trailing, I mean, yeah, you think at any point if you're trailing by 25, in football especially, oh, to yeah. be down 25, that that's usually game over, yeah, dude. That's like a Sega video game. Game over, yeah, it's done. You know, that's done, dude. And they managed to come back from I mean, that's crazy. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Four out of 1,061 times it was done for. That's absolutely insane. And I think Buffalo in the Houston game was Frank, one of them. Yeah, I, it has to be, right? Yeah. has to be. And was that that was Frank Reich, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, it's just, you think about all, and we really have had an incredible, really an incredible sports year. Oh yes, you I was know. Just thinking about I mean, that I, as well. I know we're in 2017 at this point, but really, you, you you figure this is like the culmination of, you know, the end of the sports year because we've gone through March Madness and the World Series, and of course the WNBA, Mark's favorite. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, uh, you get to all the stuff, and and you have the Super Bowl. I mean, it it you know. I mean, think about some of what's happened. You, you, you have the, the Warriors and the Cavs. I mean, that's 3-1. That's insane. You get the Cubs winning. That's absolutely ridiculous. And that was, a, you know, so many of the, of the playoffs and or the finals have been so good. Clemson. Think about some of the sports stories over, over this past year. And not just the teams won, but how they won. And how many teams came back, whether it's from a deficit or a seri- either in-game or in a series. Think about all the stories of, of, of teams and athletes and individuals that have overcome, battled through adversity, got up off the mat when it looks like they're finished. You know, Federer getting another, another title, which might, maybe that's his last one. Who knows? Amazing. I mean, you know, it's amazing, right? We've had Williams such- sisters. Such an incredible allotment of of just fantastic sports stories this year. I mean, it really is. It, it it's inc- it's absolutely incredible. I don't want to. I hate to overuse that word, but it's just absolutely incredible. And Villanova, that seems like eons ago, doesn't it? <laughs> Villanova. Yeah. I'm mean, I feel like that's forever. <laughs> it really is. Really is crazy. But to cap all that, this sports year off with that comeback framed with all this stuff, with all, you know, all these memes going around like, you know, everybody's pulling for the Falcons, they hate New England, and and just everything wrapped up into that. The backstory, the game, the pressure, the moment to be down that way, and then to come back and to win in that fashion absolutely incredible compelling 
the human element, the human component, the emotion, the drama, and of course the agony. Because you, you know, that's one of the things that that's true about sports. Is you know, yeah, we can we can understand how happy the the Patriots fans are and the team is and the people connected with the organization. And then you also see the heartbreak and the pain, you know, on the other side. And again, that yeah. that's part of that's the thing that that I that I think most of us really like about sports. It's 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 both sides of that coin. And it, I mean, it's an incredible thing. And we have been very blessed this year, if you want to look at it that way, with just amazing sports stories. Amazing sports stories. And that's fun. Absolutely. I mean, because there are years that it doesn't really feel that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's ugly games or it's, you know, you walk away from whether it's the World Series or the NBA Finals or March Madness or the Super Bowl, and you go, eh, that was okay. <laughs> you know, this, at least with this Super Bowl, you, you, you know, you're heartbroken or you're, you hate them or you love them, you know what I mean, or, or you love to hate them. You know what I mean? It's just it's, it's great. Did anyone it's else, great. like, feel emotionally spent after that game? I did not so much immediately after the game, but by the time I told you I was like super hyped on Monday, um, by the time I got through Monday, I was exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I was exhausted because I, I mean, felt like, like I was hyped that night, but like the next day, I was just like, "Oh man, this took its toll." Yeah, so you're just on the edge of your seat that whole time, and I'm just like, I, I stayed up. I think I stayed up to like one or something after that because I was just. You know, you're still the heart still pumping, just you're <laughs> still yeah. kind of trying to let that adrenaline just chill out for a minute. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I, I, I was I was broken, but I mean in the other direction. But you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. You know that that that's, I know that you were big on the Falcons, and you were yeah. uh, you certainly were pulling for them, and you you know you had made your predictions, and you're all over that. And and I totally get that, man. I totally get that. That's cool. But yeah, I dude. Probably would've... Turned the TV off. If I was for the Falcons, I probably would have turned the TV off after the coin flip in overtime. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 There's just no way. You know no, what's I mean, what's I, funny? Go ahead, Mark. I mean, what was funny is uh, I, mean, I was watching a, a, a small party with uh, you know, about half and half, like half dedicated football fans, and half they were just you know there because it's Super Bowl and time to hang out. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, one of those situations where I probably didn't get to focus on it quite as closely as I, I typically would have, but I certainly still did. But anyway, I mean, I. I you know, I'd say there was a decent handful of people who felt like, oh, well, you know, if, if only the Falcons had gotten the you know, coin flip in overtime, you know, guaranteed, you know, then they would have won it. I don't I don't know how any, anybody could logically say that because the, the, the opposite. Yes, that was basically true. I mean, the, the Patriots getting the coin flip. Yeah, I, I could have turned the TV off at that point. I mean, that's you know not not what I what I what I wanted to acknowledge, but right. You know, yeah, the, 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 there's just no way you stop that kind of momentum. You know, the only way you can slow it down is if you know Falcons get the ball first. Obviously, you hope and pray you get a touchdown, um, and and just close the game out there. But at, at least you know give your defense some time to rest and recover. And you know, yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know, man. It, it's one of those things. The by the time you watch the evolution of the game, and obviously the the Falcons had a very very fast start, and um. Yeah, the Patriots seemed off. You know, they they dropped balls. I still, for the life of me, don't understand 
why on their first possession, LeGarrette Blunt was dancing east-west, dude. I, I still, I'm like, dude, just plow ahead, bro. It's what yeah, north-south. North, you're, you're a big back, man. Just plow through that freaking line up and over or something. I, I didn't understand why he was tiptoeing and dancing around and trying to go sideways. It was weird. But they, they had a lot. They didn't, you know, and this is in part the Falcons looked, it really in the, in the first half, probably the third quarter, certainly the first half, they looked like the better team by far. They looked faster. They were hitting hard. They were executing. They were getting plays on both sides of the ball. Um, they were tattooing Brady. I mean, you know, they really played a fantastic first half. Yeah, you can nitpick some things here and there, but they looked so good. And the flip side is, you know, the Patriots were off. Man, some of that was obviously Brady getting hit. Some of it was some of the defensive tweaks and wrinkles they had with their robber packages and like moving people around. And it's one of the reasons, uh, you know, Brady missed on a couple things early and then he threw that pick six. Um, he didn't make that same mistake later in the game. I mean, they, he obviously learned from it in game, but um, they had some nice wrinkles on, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and then the Patriots were trying to figure out how they were going to play you know, Julio Jones, and they doubled him in different ways over the course of the game, and then they kind of settled in on certain strategies late. He still produced, but, you know, they, you could see the evolution of the game and the in-game adjustments, the in-game tweaks, and, uh, you know, you're looking at it and going, God, the Patriots keep moving the ball, but something, you know, they're, they're not finishing, they're not this, they're not that, and the Falcons were, you know, the Falcons were, and it was a great start by Atlanta, um, it was a great start by, by Matt Ryan, uh, I mean, they they just looked like they were in control of the game. They had momentum. They were getting the breaks, you know, and they've been a very, very aggressive team all year. And I, I know some people, obviously, one of the in context, one of the things that you have to talk about with this game is their inability to put it away in the end. And and that's absolutely legit, legitimate commentary and criticism of. Sounds like a personal problem. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, see, <laughs> just. <laughs> Like Tech used to say, with their band chant now, stick it in, stick it in. <laughs> Anybody that's a Hokies fan, if you ever went to a game, a football game, you should remember that. I forget when they stopped doing that, but for years, that was the stick it in, stick it in. That was that was the deal. But when they when they're down and it's you know down to twenty two, and when when they have that field goal position with that amount of time left in that game, and they can't finish, it's the sack, it's the hold, it's a punt. That's really I mean, that moment is so crucial, and you can look at whether that's Shanahan or Quinn or Ryan play calling execution, and, and and you know you can talk about it can be the right play is just poorly executed, and that's reasonable at times. But at the end of the day, it didn't work out, and that's an interesting strategy. But Atlanta, true to their form this whole year, that's been a very aggressive team. They have they have been the bully. They've been a bully. They've been a football bully. They've run up the score. They've put a lot of points on the board, and they've been aggressive. You know what I mean? They, they haven't been afraid to be aggressive, and they played that game the same way. The problem was their aggressiveness and their inability to control clock as you got to the latter stages of that game, that defense was tired. That yeah. defense was tired. They needed a little bit of ball control out of the offense. They needed that offense to dictate the flow and the outcome of the game, and they struggled to do so. You See, know? that's the thing. Like, with the Patriots got their first touchdown, that was over a six-minute drive, mm -hmm. you know, in the third quarter. And, you know, Atlanta ends up 
holding out the clock and then punts at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Patriots take another long drive, kick the field goal. It's 28-12. That's when they get to that third and one. And situational uh, football is New England's bread and butter. That's a calling card, isn't it? They play situational football better than any team in the league. And if you're Atlanta, yes, you are aggressive. We understand that. But, A, your defense just is gassed at this point. You have to, A, milk the clock, and, B, just on a third and one, you're not going to take a seven-step drop. Like, I, I understand. And, look, Aldrick Robinson did break free. He was open. <laughs> but... Who, who was the running? Was it Coleman or uh, Freeman? That was who that the was block? Freeman that missed the block. That, Freeman that was, misses that the block. Freeman. It's a sack. Fu- I mean, that's the only way the Patriots are going to get back in the game at that point. Atlanta's punter had crushed it every single time. Their defense wasn't giving up a home run. It's not like New England was getting home runs here. I mean, they were just poke, 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 poke. I mean, it's not like they were just killing it down the field. You know, they had to take their time crossing routes. It's not like Brady was going to Moss. No, not, so, not quite. So, I mean, on that third and one, dude, and I know we're playing uh, Thursday evening quarterback. Uh, yeah, here. it's revision. I mean, yeah, sure, sure. but It is. But that's what you do in sports. One, dude, what didn't work out, why didn't it work out? <laughs> dude, just call a freaking dive play or a, a freaking Julio run or just something, A, to keep the clock going, mm-hmm. to keep your defense rested, and B, to milk it. I, I just don't understand. I mean, if it's a quick slant, okay. I'm fine with that. But a seven-step drop on third and one, come on. No. There, there's some that, things. That is as terrible a situational play calling as, I mean, you're in a freaking Super Bowl, bro. You can almost milk a minute if you just run it there. You know? That, 40 seconds? Something. You know Just, something, and and when some things go, when things start going wrong, <laughs> and and again, you can nitpick certain things. You can talk about how much time uh, the offense left in the play clock, how quick they were to you know execute plays and to yeah. snap the ball. I don't remember what the average time was, but I, I heard ten to fifteen seconds was was referenced by a lot of people. One time he snapped it with twenty seconds on the play clock yeah. in the fourth quarter. And, and at again, least I appreciate the aggressiveness. I, I do. I appreciate the aggressiveness. And you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. If that's how you play, then you know you have to be true to who you are. I understand that. But that being said, if you have Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. I know the Patriots have gotten much more effective at, you know, as far as defending the run in the second half. I totally get that. There are any number of quick plays and screens and things that you can do to get the ball in somebody's hands and go. Uh, and I, I know you get to play some revisionist stuff, but to to have had that catch from Julio Jones, to be, you know. Dude, holy crap. Julio Jones, four targets, four catches, three of them were just sick. Julio Julio was fantastic. Julio was Not fantastic. Dude. You know, the, and the Patriots did a good job of, of making it really tough for him to produce and that one sideline catch and you know remember Ryan was on the move, dude. That was not a that was not a static throw. That was Ryan on the move. That was like 
one of those that was one of those Aaron Rodgers throws. You know what I mean? Where he's he's moving and running around and throwing that ball on the move. How that ball actually hit and got to Julio Jones despite the coverage. Uh, that was Rowe that was covering. And that was uh I think a second and nine from the fifty one is what that was. And uh, that play was just ridiculous. Just Sick, ridiculous. Dude. Toe tapping, you know, stretched out, toe tapping. Hands, and bro. And how on earth uh, that ball got right over Rowe's fingertips and got into Julio's mitts and he brought that in. That would have been like one of – I mean, it, and it's still a signature catch. It's just that it's on a losing team now. Um, had they won, that was really the catch that set them up to win the game. That was the, that was the one that set them up to win the game. They have first and 10 at the 22. And they end up That's doing – That's when I would have – I would have they, gone conservative at they, that point. They do nothing with it. They do nothing three with runs. first and ten at the twenty-two. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be three runs. But I mean, Flowers sacks. I, I mean, look, it, it, it Flowers first, gets Ryan on second and second first down. What? Just, just run the ball on first. Just if nothing, burn clock. Yeah, dude. At that point in time, I have two objectives. Either I'm going to burn two minutes of three runs and kick a field goal and take a double-digit lead. Or I'm going to force New England to start calling their timeouts. Well, you'd like you'd like for them to start, you know, burning their timeouts. Sure, you'd love to get the points, and you'd love to burn clock, and you would especially love to burn New England's timeouts. Yeah, and I all mean, of those things those, are options for them right there. Those were the two objectives that should have, and if um, coach should have just called the timeout with like one second on the play clock and just said, "Hey, you know, let's." talk about this at this yeah. point if you're atlanta and i think they only had one at that point in time but i think it's very important like if you've got that lead you need to make sure everybody's on the same page um of course we we don't know what what the thought process was at that point in time but i mean oh at I, that point you either want to milk the clock milk two minutes kick your field goal because you've got a solid kicker it's yeah. not automatic obviously but he's a pretty good kicker. Or get the timeouts out of there. Yeah. And then kick the field goal. So, I, I tell you what, because we probably ought to take a break for segment one and then come back and, and pound through some of the stuff. Let me let me ask you this. Let me ask okay. you this. Collapse or comeback? What do you remember more about this game? I What I remember and what I think of this game is Tom Brady took a beating and kept getting up and kept firing. And he was relentless the entire way. And I, the whole Patriots team as a whole, it wasn't just Brady, okay? But I just, the gut check that it took. Now, it, it took Atlanta calling some stupidity. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the gut check and the mental toughness that the Patriots displayed for me was just Excuse me, off the charts. I mean, it takes a so, lot of mental toughness to to make that comeback. Oh, of course it does. It takes an insane amount. It takes an insane. And there's amount. not many teams that would have been able to make that comeback. No, most teams pack that in. And I'm talking like special, special teams. Yeah. So, uh, do you view it more as a comeback? Then you focus more on the comeback component and what they had to do to come back and win that game. The more the more I think about it, don't get me wrong, there is some stupidity, but I think there's sure. more comeback than there is stupidity. 
more comeback than collapse. Mark? Uh, I, I, I hate admitting it, but for me, I, I think I've got to give more credit to the comeback, too. I, I think that's, um, yeah, yeah you, you can't can't disacknowledge uh, the mental mistakes and, and things that Atlanta clearly could have and should have done to, to put it out of range. Yeah. But there's not many teams that could pull off that kind of a comeback in the single biggest game of the year. This is the most important game. And a lot of these guys, you know, that not named Brady, you know, careers, that's the, the pressure and everything that it takes to, to pull off that kind of comeback. is just enormous. It's, 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 I mean, we, we, there's obviously multitudes of numbers we could and stats we could throw out about how monumental that comeback was and how slim the odds were so well uh, it, I, I think atlanta think say, at yeah, some point more credit to come back atlanta at some point had like a 98 point something percent chance to win that game 98.9 i mean yeah. are you kidding me yeah. you know what i mean it, it that's just it's not supposed to happen and I, I guarantee you there is any there are any number of people that turned the TV off and went to bed and were like, got it, booked, book it, man. You know, yeah, it, and I saw that it was like uh, one uh, – it must have been a store in Atlanta. And they they had stocked up, you know what I mean? Like the night, they're looking at them, they're stocking the store up with all their Super Bowl gear and hats and shirts. They're putting them on the mannequins and all this stuff. And then obviously the, you know, the team loses – and they had this video of them putting everything away and taking like the Super Bowl shirts off the mannequin. They were like the saddest video ever. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I just I was like, yeah, but, but I mean, that's what's what you do, right? You're like, yeah, let's that's... put out the gear. I mean, that you know, it's normal. You're gonna put out, put out the gear with the expectation that if they win, man, you're gonna open early. People are gonna roll up and and be buying stuff all over the place. And now you're just sending did, it to those. What did Yogi Berra say? Uh, it ain't it, over till it's over. Has a lot, he said a lot of things. If there's anybody that ever sounded like he was on a sports brew podcast playing the sports brew drinking game, it's freaking Yogi Berra. You kidding? Didn't he, didn't, didn't he say, uh, cash, cash me outside? How about that? How, cash me oh outside. Oh, oh, actually, you know what? On my door, on my door, I did write, how about that? <laughs> I was like, TV 12 goat, how about that? <laughs> and all, 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 all the kids love it. The kids, you have that pulled up, Justin. Uh, what? Uh, no, I can, I can pull that in a minute. It, it really is fantastically. Oh it really is fantastically terrible. That stupid, ridiculous teenager. Whatever. Catch me outside. How about that? Uh, if you haven't looked her up, Doctor Phil, and I don't know her name, but she's you can find her on YouTube. And Hoochie. Uh, Hoochie? Apparently, she's supposed to be back on tomorrow. She, yeah, she's Dr. supposed to go back on Doctor Phil. Um, I don't know if there'll be an attitude adjustment. I didn't watch the episode. I don't know the full details on it, but clearly she got memefied and went uh, viral, and you know people are making fun of her. And it, it's a it's what we do. Murica hashtag Murica. It's what we do, man. People say stupid things, and we make them famous as hell. <laughs> Catch me outside. How about that? You think with all the you you think with all the that. completely stupid things that we've said that something somehow would have gone viral and we'd be famous, right? Infamous. Yeah, maybe. I'll pull that up when we take a break because it really is pretty funny. But uh, And there was one of the players, man. I, I don't know which player it was, but uh, somewhere in the line in the game, man, when the cra- I think it was right after the Edelman catch. And one of the dudes, was he had like those, was it Rache Caldwell that had those giant Mungo eyes? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he just, his eyes were so wide open on the sideline. And I was like. Yo, catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> it, just, it just felt like it was appropriate at that point, man. It really was 
nuts. Okay, so Shannon, you're more comeback than collapse or choke. Mark, you're more comeback than collapse or choke. Matt, collapse, choke. Where do you stand on it, man? I mean, I'm I'm on the fence a little bit, but I, I think I would be slightly more comeback because, like Mark said, only a special team like New England and that the way Brady's been playing and everything could have pulled that off. I, I don't think any other team in the, in the league right now could have pulled that off. Not even Green Bay. If they were kicking on Green, Green Bay had their opportunity, and they didn't. Not only did not pull a comeback, they got their ass kicked and run out of the building. So no, I'm just saying. If I know Green Bay, in the, in Green Bay in the Super Bowl. Maybe if they had Bart Starr and Vince Lombardi, yes. maybe they could yes. have done it. Uh, no, I mean I, I think that's you know, it's a testament to a lot of things, and you know some of it's it's certainly coaching and in game adjustments, and then it's. The qual the makeup of a team, and again, we talked earlier about this whole mentality, the idea of getting up off the mat, which you know Belichick referenced, and how hard that team worked to take those hits. And I think it's also you know true for what the amount of contact that Brady took in game, because they were, I'm, dude, they were all over that guy. <laughs> you know what I'm, shots, dude. But yeah, dude, they they were laying the lumber on that on that dude. But you know he kept getting up, kept getting up, kept getting up. And um, what was that one meme floating around? Every time Brady takes a hit, an angel gets his wings. Something like that. Yeah, that, that, that one made me laugh. Uh, and some some of the anti-Patriot memes were absolutely hilarious. Um, uh, a few people celebrated the smidge too early. There were a lot <laughs> of people a lot of those. early. Uh, I saw one where it was like Tom Brady's head changing into the crying Jordan, and it was like 75% complete. <laughs> I, just, I just laughed. Sure, it wasn't ninety eight point nine percent. Yeah, it, it yeah it may have been. Um, you know, well, of course, the mock up it looked it kind of felt like a, that Michael Jackson song. It doesn't matter if you're black or white because he was like both. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, I mean, it, it it really, I mean, it was just crazy. It was just, it was it was just crazy. But some of the memes were so funny, and people were, and of course, people were piling on. I mean, you knew that was going to happen. You knew if the if the Falcons were e- either won or if they were beating the crap out of them, or New England had a bad bad anything, the people are just going to start unloading on them, and they did. True to form, they did, and that's again that's part of the reason it's so funny, man, to think that these people you know shut it down, and there were early editions of like newspapers, and I think one like was the bitter end. And it ha- it was the it was at that Alfred interception, and I I think the camera the vantage point was behind Brady after he whiffed on, and that was a great whiff uh, on that tackle, by the way, uh, whiff on that tackle, and, and Alfred's just running down for the pick six, and the headline was the bitter end, and that those that was an early edition of a paper that got printed, man, that got printed, and some people had it. What a collector's mm-hmm. item, right? I mean, that's fantastic. Right? But how many people woke up the next day and were like, "What? What happened?" What? <laughs> I didn't make my prop bet on that. No. <laughs> you know. I, do, I do have to give Brady a little bit of credit because, or his social media people, because mm-hmm. they, on his either Instagram or his Facebook page, he has a picture that says, I got this. And it was right after Alfred picked it. And he's like getting ready to go tackle him. Yeah. And then on the next one, it has like a, like a, a, not a smiley face, but like a frowny face. And it has him on the ground after he whiffed. Yeah. He has a, whoever runs his pages, had that he has a good team of people doing that. So that it was pretty, they're pretty funny. funny. Yeah. They're pretty funny. Where we at time was. Yeah. Let, let's take a quick break and then we'll wrap everything up uh, on the backside of that. Maybe because I need to make a pit stop. <laughs> 
But uh, re- realistically, I-, I think, yes, we'll be all Super Bowl, then we'll all just go to bed. <laughs> Other than, thank you, Duke, for beating UNC tonight. We appreciate that. At least on the sports brew, we appreciate that. Because Mark's a Duke oh. fan, I'm a Duke fan. Shannon's Kentucky, so I'm, we're just going to get Leitner to stomp on his chest at some point. Um, <laughs> but, but outside of that... Anyway, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back. We'll just we'll top some thoughts on the Super Bowl and then we'll just drink more beers and have fun, and then we'll let Mark you know flip his load, uh, do some laundry, and we'll get out of here. <laughs> anyway, so cheeky. I know cheeky bugger. <laughs> anyway, I'm the Catherine with the Sports Brew. Uh, keywords is always sports and brew. iTunes, uh, Podbean, which is our home feed. Thanks, Podbean, for liking our post. I appreciate that. Uh, we love you. Yay. Uh, and, and certainly live sportscaster and you know a whole bunch of stuff, man. You know, Google Play Store again. Keywords like just sports and brew. Or if you Google fail buckets, we still come up in the search. It really is fantastic. And I think that I need to make one of the keywords recumbent. <laughs> and <laughs> what, what do we? It was the recumbent. That was the beer. The recumbent flipped my load. I think that needs to be in the keyword search. So if anybody looks up a recumbent anything. Like the sports brew comes up, I'm gonna add it. I'm gonna add recumbent to the uh, to the key terms, man. I'm gonna do that. SEO, man, search engine optimization, sports brew recumbent. It's gonna happen. Anyway, uh, bad moon rising, man. Bad moon rises. What happens? Uh, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. Keep pounding on the Super Bowl. We're, we're gonna keep grinding. We're gonna wear everybody down, dude. We're gonna wear everybody down, and then we'll we'll have some more beers and we'll get out of here. We're the sports brew. Be right back in just a moment. All right, had to stretch our legs for a couple of minutes, but we are back. We're going to keep pounding on this Super Bowl, man. Uh, got a couple of numbers. We're going to throw out some of this stuff out there because we just have to. You know, not not that I'm stats-obsessed guy, but there are times when the numbers help paint the picture of really what a game is, what a game was, what a game meant. You know what I mean? Some are just fun. Like, the, this is the first Super Bowl winner. Uh, the Patriots are the first Super Bowl winner that did not score an extra point. <laughs> That's a weird one, right? Oh, wow. Was there a prop, was there a prop bet on that? <laughs> there might have been. You know. that? <laughs> might have been. First Super Bowl winner to, to, that did not score an extra point. 34 points, no EPs in there. Uh, no successful ones, anyway. Uh, obviously, two-point <sighs> conversions, but no extra points. Matt Ryan, by the way, the third NFL MVP to lose the Super Bowl in the last four seasons. That's been, I think, since 2000, the, the NFL MVP has not fared well. In the Not Super since Bowl, Kurt Warner the first time. Right? Yeah, it's it's been kind of tough sledding uh, for Tom Brady. When you talk about the NFL postseason, most quarterback wins, most pass yards, most touchdowns, most three hundred yard games in NFL postseason history. Belichick, obviously, the first coach in NFL history to win five Super Bowls. Here's another number that that really stands out to me. Uh, once they were up twenty eight to three, the Falcons only ran the ball four times. I Dude. Mean, barf i mean really that's the one that just makes me scratch my head yeah you're like come on you get tevin coleman and Devonte freeman and you ran the ball four times i don't know if you checked out of some runs maybe that happened a couple times maybe but you know that just you're, you're up big dude <laughs> final that's one. a come on man in itself yeah it, it really yeah. feels like it in the fourth quarter alone fourth quarter alone tom brady had 246 passing yards all right, mm. Falcons. <laughs> Falcons last four possessions: punt, fumble, punt, punt. <laughs> Good job, <Yeah>. guys. 
I mean, it just, it really is amazing to me. It really is amazing to me. And, you know, we were joking around about, you know, people going to bed and waking up. And, uh, you know, only because it's right in front of me, and I think this is great. The Greater Atlanta Christian School, they had a screenshot on Monday. The school posted a photo of its tardy sheet. And so there's a whole bunch on there, like, late, late, late. And some of them are fantastic. Uh, one was, like, late because of technical difficulties. I don't even know what the hell that really means. But one was, like, you know, doctor's appointment. I love the Falcons depression. That was one. That was great. But the best excuse for being late uh, was, category, was categorized as fail to rise up. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wow. Wow. That's phenomenal. Wow. That was pretty great. Uh, that kid's going places. <laughs> or that parent. Somebody is, right? Someone is. Someone is. Yeah, I also loved the fan uh, with the Falcons blowing a 25-point lead and allowing 31 unanswered points uh, in the loss. There was one fan that, that took what he was wearing, the jersey he was wearing during the Super Bowl, put a note on it, and buried it. And the note says, if you have unearthed, unearthed this, you have not found anything vintage or cool. This shirt is bad luck. Rebury it immediately. If you are curious and don't believe me, Google Super Bowl 51. This shirt blew a 25-point lead. Put it back. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's a bad time capsule, right? <laughs> that's pretty sick, man. And um, I don't know if, if you guys watched Inside the NFL or caught any of the some of the sideline audio, but there was one conversation that was like really legitimate um, in kind of context of what the Super Bowl ended up being. And it was uh, Taylor Gabriel and Mohamed Sanu. And they were talking on the sideline, and you know the Falcons are up, and you know obviously the Falcons sideline is very confident, very confident at that point, all right. And so Taylor Gabriel is like, "It's Tom Brady, though," <laughs> and Sanu, obviously feeling pretty good, it was like, "We're about to put forty something on their asses. They've never seen anything like this." Taylor Gabriel is just like, "Man, we got to. They needed to. They did not." No, <laughs> they needed to. I don't know if the audio in this clip is is, is good. Let, I'm gonna play it. Let's see if it comes through. Yeah, I don't think that came through very well. But anyway, I mean, Taylor Gabriel's on point. He's like, "No, we got to, man, got to. They needed to. They did not." And I mean. This is again just an incredible, incredible comeback. So as we go through this game and look at it, obviously there's a lot of good stuff. Uh, when you, <laughs> I mean Matt Patricia's barstool sports with Roger Goodell the clown. I can't believe he actually wore that shirt. By the way, that was really funny. Um, <laughs> maybe it's a a little I bit. Can. Maybe it's a little bit in poor taste. Perhaps the shirt itself is hilarious. Um, I think it's just a surprise that a guy that's on the coaching staff wore it. But you did see a lot of things, man. You, you could kind of see the anger, if you want to go with that one. Anger, as Mr. T would say. Some of that kind of coming out and, and some of the digs and some of the commentary and, you know, sticking, like having the, the ring on the middle finger of one hand. I mean, obviously there's some <laughs> saltiness. <laughs> there was some salt, you know, from the New England side. And you saw bits and pieces of it. Uh, for how much it meant to them to do it. And, uh, you know, some people have called it just a full rebellion mode against Goodell 
and against the NFL. Uh, it ra- obviously raising their um, I'm trying to think of what one dude said. Not more friendly finger. It was some some other word for MF. <laughs> it was trying to make it family friendly, but raising the MF, you know, the MF and finger to to Goodell, and uh, you know, it's just really crazy, man. But God, when you when you look at it, dude, you know, you think about the 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 Patriots victory parade and and Belichick with that no days off chant. That was so Belichick, wasn't it? It was so Belichick. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you think about this well, it game. Was he, it was he like. No days off. No, no I mean off. he he got the mic and the thing, and he's talking about it. And I mean he he didn't say a ton of different things, at least not in the clip that I that I, when I watched it. But he did say no days off, and he he, he basically said no days off, and then it, he repeated it and got the crowd chanting it, and it was just fun. It was like such a Belichick thing, such a Patriots thing. You know what I mean? My my favorite was is at some point during the press conference, he's like. Yeah, we're we're five weeks behind everybody else. We got to get to work. Did you say on to Cincinnati next week? No. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just they have a very on the free agency on the free agency. We're five weeks on behind. On to the draft. Uh, again, just Patriots things. But when you when you go back to this game and you kind of look at it, you know, the first quarter obviously scoreless. Um, you know, Blunt has that fumble in the second quarter. And that touchdown by Freeman, and, and you know, again, I said earlier, you know, the, the Falcons looked like the better team in the first half. They looked fast. They had a lot of fight in them. Um, you know, they, they were on point. They were just crisp. Yeah, they More really were. Um, and that Freeman touchdown, when he cut to the outside, dude, he looked so quick. Um, and that nice little leap into the end zone, that's what they, they put, it put the Falcons up 7-0. And that was the first time the Patriots have trailed, trailed in the game since week 12, I believe. You know, Ryan and, the, and that Falcons offense, I mean, they were rolling. Um, you had that uh, that touchdown from Ryan to Hooper, you know, to go up fourteen nothing, and you know, the Falcons D. We talked about it, and they were just getting they were getting the Brady man hits, 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 and then they were having a lot of success with you know some of their coverages to either confuse him, and obviously it paid off. You know, Alfred with that eighty two yard pick six, uh, Brady missing the tackle, which I still think is great, man. He just totally goes for the dives for him and just like slides on the shoulder and rolls over like, ah, crap, <laughs> you know, and that's the first pick six by Brady in the Super Bowl, of course. Um, the only, can y'all guess who has the only longer pick six in Super Bowl history? Oh, that's, a uh, 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 Palmer, Kurt Warner. It's relatively recent. Kurt Warner. Har- Harrison with a Harrison. Very good. Like against Palmer. In the Cardinals? No, it was against it, Kurt it Warner. Should have, it should, was that, was that like Warner. at the end of the first half or something screwy? Yes, because they were going for the touchdown. Right. Yeah. Right in the first half, yep. 100 yeah. yards. They, they thought they had the field goals all set, and yeah. James Harrison returned that sucker a hundy. Yeah, James. Hell, hell, hell of a play. Yeah, man, that, that was a hell of a play. People forget, yeah, you think of Harrison and him just like leg pressing like cars and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but that that was a great play before the Patriots comeback win against the Falcons. By the way, teams that had the pick six that scored on the pick six were twelve and zero in the Super Bowl. So you know you talked about the the twenty five points and the the record of that. I mean you know the the Patriots really pulled off something incredible, which means the Falcons you know lost in an incredible fashion as well. You know, yeah, late field goals, 21-3, Falcons lead at the end of the first half. 
third quarter, you know, the Patriots are hold, you know, hold, hold them on defense. And I thought it was interesting because the Falcons deferred, which was a very Patriots thing to do. And I thought that was odd. And one of the reasons I'll tell you is because the Falcons had been so good um, at scoring on their first possession in games. You know, and I totally I, I get it. But if your identity was aggressive offense, I'm kind of surprised it didn't roll with it. Either way, it uh, didn't really matter, but so much in the grand scheme, perhaps. Got the ball, didn't do much of squat, gave the ball right back to the Falcons. They basically traded, you know, nothing to start the to start the third quarter. And the Falcons still had a little bit of fight, a little bit of mojo, man. They drove down, it's first and goal from the six. Ryan hits Tevin Coleman for a touchdown. It's 28-3, to three. it's 8.31 left in the third quarter. You got Arthur Blank dancing back there. Bro needs some dance lessons. Can somebody like go on Groupon and get him in a gift or something? For real, maybe Dan Snyder will help him <laughs> yeah, out. Dan Snyder, jump around. Somebody can help dude out. You know, <laughs> well, but what uh, was Arthur doing? Was he cabbage patch? I don't or? know if he was running man, cabbage patch, fail buckets dance, the sprinkler. I I don't know, man. It just it was gross. It was just it was not so good. Uh, obviously, she did not marry just, him. She didn't marry him for the dance moves. Let it go, right? He what? Just needed to let it go. Yeah, yeah, he needed to let it go. Let it go, let it go. I told you. He needed need to walk it out. He needed to walk it out. Walk it out. Oh, come on, yep. you know that song. Failhorn, maybe? Dude. No. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's all right, Matt. You can shake it off, bro. <laughs> See? Shannon, Shannon knows how to hit the post. <laughs> because it was it's not only true for Shannon dropping that bite on you, but it's also true for Tom Brady shaking off all the hits, you know what I'm saying? But I'm disappointed given some of the big ass runs and big ass gains that Atlanta was able to pop off, you know, because they were able to they were able to break free, you know what I'm saying? They're able to break free, man. Devontae Freeman yeah, yeah. Or just for you now, Whitfield, just for you now, Failhorn, this is when you'd say, I can't believe the Falcons couldn't walk it out. Oh, even better. Now offense walk it. Now defense walk it. Although really, it's really more just the Falcon out. <laughs> Go Falcon out. Fail Bucket out. Now Fail Horn out. Now Fail Horn out. Yeah, we got it. Thanks, Matt. Anyway. Four. <laughs> runs after they were up 28 to 3 that's unfathom it's 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 ridiculous it's ridiculous but i mean 28 to 3 830 left in the third arthur blank dancing and you know they've got they've got the patriots on the ropes and you have that you know edelman throwing the pass which obviously didn't work out Uh, and you know the patriots have to go for it you know i i thought they they had they had to do it they did it brady hits amandola for the first down you know he's scrambling. He, he he they're just doing whatever they have to do to try to get back in this thing. They cap off that drive with a touchdown pass to James White. And by the way, James White, that dude deserves major props 
for showing up big time in this game. When you know, Deion Lewis, I I, thought, I was worried that guy tore something in his knee again. It was just did a he, ha- did he or did no, he it was a, it was a hamstring injury. He's gonna be fine. Um, okay. But Blunt wasn't as effective as I thought he was gonna be. Um, Deion Lewis didn't wasn't particularly effective. James White though was a baller, man. <laughs> James White was on point. In typical Patriots fashion, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, it's going to be like Aaron Blunt. <laughs> James White, <laughs> three touchdowns. Uh, it's just so ridiculous. But it's 28-9. That's when Goskowski missed the extra point. 28-9, you go, oh, all right, well, at least it did something. Dude, like, when he misses the extra point, you're like, it's just it, not their day. It's, it's not their day. It's not their game. It's probably what the Falcons thought, too. But, you know, the fourth quarter, the Patriots have a 12-play drive. They, f- they finished off with a field goal to make it 28-12. It's 9.44 left. And we had some people over, and I, I remember specifically going, look, they're down 16. That's two scores, dude. And the way they've mm-hmm. been playing, all, all they need to do is flip it once, and then it is going to be so much pressure on Atlanta. Yep. So much pressure on Atlanta. I said that, you know, 28-12, you look at the score, you go, eh. But I was like, nah, man, it, it's two touchdowns, two two-point conversions. I don't remember if I, if I said that to you, Matt, or if I said it downstairs, but – I was like, no, dude, it, 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 it's not over, man. Yeah, you said have, it to me. Yeah, I was like, no, they're, they're, this this is not done, brother. Oh, I never thought they were out of it. Uh, we we did in the first half because we were upstairs eating half, chips. We were like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I think when they had but, that, uh, when, when the, um, he fumbled a ball, well, I, that's when I felt, okay, I think Patriots might come back and win this. Well, and we're getting to that, but I, I, I want to mention this real quick. So in the time that the score went from 14 nothing to 28-9, the Falcons' defense was on the field for 41 plays, including penalties, 41 defensive plays versus 12 for the offense. Okay? So that Atlanta defense, which was playing fast, playing hard, playing aggressive, was starting to get gassed. That was a 12-play, 72-yard drive for that field goal to make it 28-12. And that Atlanta defense was gassed after that. Were they still playing? Of course they were. They were still trying. But Which is why it, I say on the third of one, one way or the other, run the freaking ball. Or if you're going to pass it, don't do a seven-step drop. Yeah. Look, man. You know, the, give your guys a chance to freaking catch their air, man. And, you know, it's funny. We, we talked about... Um, and if you're going to get stopped on third down, freaking punt it and force them to go on another 12-play drive down the field. Yeah. Make, yeah, make them drive the whole length. Burn up clock and have Absolutely. to have to really work on it. But, you know, we joked around the other week and we are like, well, you know, ball control. And the Patriots did it just not the way I thought they were going to do it. Oh, I know. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, well, they're, no, they're, they're going to have a lot of success running, which, yeah, I mean, in the end, they had, obviously, they had some success, but not quite the way I I, I think any of us really expected them to, because I expected it, it to be the old blunt hammer. You know what I mean? That's really what I expected, and it's not what happened. You know, but fatigue was a legit thing. Understand that in the first half, the Falcons got pressure on Brady on 60 for, 64% of his dropbacks. In the second half, do you want to know what that dropped to? What? 17-9. So think about the difference in that. All right? So the the, the Patriots ran, what, 93 plays? Yes. I, I'm pretty sure that was a Super Bowl record. Yeah, that was a Super Bowl record, man. They ran them to death. Not the way I expected, but they had time. they had a distinct time of possession advantage in the first half. 
heavy time of time of possession advantage. And you saw the out, you know, really the manif- manifestation of that in in the second half. Tom Brady, obviously, you know, James White deserves tons of credit for playing out of his freaking skull, dude. And then Tom Brady in that fourth quarter, I man, we talked about the yardage, but I mean, he for all for some of the throws that he was off on, like I think he missed Edelman one time cutting across the field, and Edelman, you know, butterballed a couple. Th- I mean, they had some bad drops, they had some bad throws. He obviously had the pick six. He did not he did not play a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination, but that fourth quarter was magical. I mean, he had a lot of throws that I don't I don't know what the defense is going to do. I mean that they're 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 perfectly timed, they're perfectly in, they're in the right spot. Um, I mean, they, he just had some brilliant, brilliant, brilliant throws late in that game. Obviously, there's a lot of execution on both sides of the ball for them to get to that point required a lot of things, but they needed the score and they needed the drive, and they sure as hell did that. And Brady took a freaking beating in the first half. Yeah, he did. Took a beating. Yeah. Talking about flip, talking about flipping the load. I mean that that added to this game because he took such a beating in the first half. Because <clears throat> I remember somebody going, "What what what made Tom Brady so special this game?" I'm like, he got his ass kicked for a half, and he still got up, and he still came back to win the game. Yeah. A- again, get up off the mat, right? So in the fourth quarter, after they, they get the field goal, again, that's a 12-play drive. There's 9.44 left. They're down two scores with two two-point conversions, obviously. It's Falcons ball, third and one, which you're talking about. You know, and, and Hightower gets to Matt Ryan, man, to force the fumble. Patriots ball. And it, 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 was, it was a great Back defensive play. Football. It was, a, great, it, it was a, a hell of a defensive play. And <laughs> Freeman, oh, my God, I don't know what that guy was looking at, but he totally whiffs on the block. Doesn't see Hightower until it's way too late. Patriots recover. It's it's like the the one thing they couldn't have happen was was to turn the damn ball over, and that's what they did. You know what I mean? But Five, a seven step drop, dude. I know. I'm I know. Third and one. And, and the thing is, if, Fre- if Freeman picks up picks up the block the way he should, then it's a huge gain. Maybe it's I just, mean, I get it. maybe I understand. Well, it's either a huge gain or maybe he doesn't. You know, maybe he doesn't fumble the ball. Maybe he goes, right. okay, I'm just going to drop down. We'll punt. You know, that is like the classic in one of the most <laughs> what do, what do the Patriots say? Do your job. Do what your did job. Devontae Freeman not do on that play? His job. His job. <laughs> and it cost the Falcons dearly. Situational football. Dude. Five plays later, second and three from the six, Brady hits Amandola who, by the way, the for- forgotten dude, right? Amond- Danny Amandola who? That guy had yeah. some big time, big time catches late in this game. Hits Amendola in the end zone, and then the two-point conversion. By the way, I love that play. That was that direct snap to James White. And uh, yeah. I always think it's great when the quarterback sells like that weird jumping pirouette, like the ball's going over his head. I always kind of laugh about those. Um, but but White punches it in, man. It's, you know, it, it's intense here, man. It's 28-20, 5.56 left. But the Falcons have the ball. They have the opportunity to say, that's fine. You scored, so what? We're going to go down. We're going to handle our business. Falcons start at the 10. They get a couple of big gains. One one pass to, uh, to Devontae Freeman. He had a huge gain on that. And then we talked about the absolutely fantastic Julio Jones catch. Again, just fantastic. And I love there was, a, there was some sideline audio. And it was Garrett Blunt saying, man, every Super Bowl, there's always that one catch. And it's like, <laughs> little did he know, bro, the Patriots were due for this. Little did he know the Patriots were due for this. And, and it is funny how that works out because we think about Tyree. 
and Manningham. And look, the Edelman catch is skill and luck and a lot of things yeah. rolled. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. I don't know that anything has the gravitas and the singular impact that Tyree's catch has. I don't I don't know that I'd put it on that level. I don't know if I've ever seen one like Tyree's catch. I, mean, I don't think I've seen one like Edelman's either, but yeah, I mean, Tyrese was just—they're—they're both—they're both absolutely ridiculous for for different reasons. But I mean, I think you know Tyrese. Uh, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Tyrese on third, third down? Oh, it was third down. Third yeah, down, yes. <laughs> and, and they were lucky that they didn't call Eli down. Yeah, well, there's there a lot. Yeah, there, the, the the ref, you know, obviously could have blown the whistle, did not. Um, they let him play a little bit. And I, Mark, you know, I mean, you and I, we usually prefer that they let him go at a little. It is the Super Bowl. Don't, it is. Don't, don't, absolutely. don't blow quick whistles just, you know, just because you can. Only, only when you have to. Yeah, only when you have to, or it's the Panthers versus the Redskins, and you can have some phantom whistles. <laughs> still call it a touchdown. Yeah, still call it a touchdown. But... You know, the, the, I think the Tyree catch is, in the grand scheme of Super Bowls, the Tyree catch for the moment and what that meant, I think, is probably the de facto all-timer. Um, Julio Jones, incredible, but it's a losing effort. And, and unfortunately, the catch by itself, incredible, because, you know, it's a losing effort. I think it takes just a – takes it – knocks it down like a peg, right? And that's not Julio's fault because still the catch by itself, incredible, but – Tyree to be a nondescript nobody. Uh, was it Ty Law that was draped on him? Uh, Rodney Harrison. Rodney, Rodney Harrison, my bad. Yeah. yeah, Rodney Harrison, excuse me. I mean, Rodney Harrison was, was draped on that dude. And um, Edelman, man, <laughs> I don't know how you're catching that ball through a sea of bodies. Legs, calf muscles, heads, it's tipped in the air. I mean, it's just, that's like video game-esque. You know what I mean? I mean, that, that's just not supposed to happen. <laughs> it's just not supposed to happen, dude. Not supposed to happen, man. Just absolutely, you know, amazing. Amazing. And, you know, I love Edelman. I, you know, I said when we recorded the other week that, you know, I always like to get him in fantasy. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's a great dude. I mean, he's got a fun beard. He looks like he's fun to hang out and pound beers with, you know. I, this, you know, I, I love his backstory to be drafted where he was. You know, to work his ass off. And if you didn't see it, when the, after, obviously, the, the, the score to – win the Super Bowl to finish it off. Um, he was like, he ran up and he jumped on Brady and, was, and Brady was like, so got to review it. And so Edelman's like telling people to get the F off the field. Uh, did you guys hear the audio from this? He's like, it's, no. he's oh, like, it's not yeah. over. They have reviewed it. Get, get the F off the field. <laughs> and then like Belichick comes up to him. He's like, he, they reviewed it. <laughs> but I thought that was, they reviewed it. He's like, so, okay. So they totally called a Will Wade play where they get the opposition to run onto the field. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Well, much like much like the Falcons, Saint Saint Bonaventure blew it, and then um, <laughs> and then I think it was a Falcons bus driver for the for for Saint for Saint Bonaventures too. They got drunk and left them wherever. What I don't know who they were playing, but that bus driver left, dude. <laughs> Say, forget it. <laughs> see y'all. See y'all later. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> it was it like Saint Louis? I think it might have been. I don't know who it was. Yeah, 
But uh, you know, I was reading about that online. I was just dying. Amazing. Like, v- VCU, terrible. by the way. Oh my god, dude! Thanks for giving us a taste of March Madness in February. Oh my gosh! You dude. know, effort. <laughs> yeah, the effort February or February freakout. I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, anyway. But yeah, like I joked around with people, but it was like, yeah, the Patriots were due for their crazy catch, right? To be in all these Super Bowls and to have to have a couple Three of them. Yeah, to have we talk about the curse catch. Yeah, 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 yeah. The curse catch, yep. I mean, I, although Man- they did well, win that one at least. Yeah. Manningham, Tyree, Curse, and Julio. They've had they've had a couple of like so just incredibly memorable catches against them. They were due for one to bounce their way, right? <laughs> the, the, this was this was that time, man. This was that time. But it, it was first and ten from the thirty six. That was the Edelman catch. Obviously got a good gain. It's him up for first and ten at the Falcons forty one with a little bit over two minutes to go. But just, I was I was happy for that dude, and just watching that play, man, just the concentration it had to take, and you know, like I think that was Alfred in that play too. I don't remember the other guys, but they were just like, no, it's no good, man. It's like no good, and they're like, you know, Edelman's like, look, oh, no, I caught it. I mean, he was confident that he caught it on the ground. He's like, nope, I caught it, I caught it, I caught it. And they're looking up the scoreboard, man, and you know, uh, all these Falcons fans everywhere, just like, no, no, no good, and then it's good, man, just incredible. And then, uh, you know, by the time Brady hits Amendola and White again, they get they get down close. James White pounds it in on second and goal from the one. 28-26. You get that little quick screen at Amendola. Boom, tie game, 28-28. And, you know, look, you'll hear people discuss the overtime rules. I don't know. At that point in this game, New England just – we talked about how fast Atlanta looked in the first half. They were not the same team in the second, man. That that team was tired. That team was tired, dude. They needed that offense to give that D a rest. Okay? Mm-hmm. God, what was that kid that scored 92 in high school? Ball. Yeah, uh, what's his name? LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball. You know, I mean, clearly he could be a Falcon with how gassed he was on defense or how little defense he played at the end. No, I'm just kidding. That's not nice. <laughs> did y'all watch? The, did you watch any of the like the stuff with him though, where he didn't even go back on defense? It was just ch- it was cherry picking. It was really uh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> come on, man. Come on, coach. Come on, get that kid to play some D, y'all. <laughs> Not that much to ask. Uh, anyway, just put just play some e- easy D. That's all we're asking for. Easy D. I mean, uh, Trump Trump knows about some easy T. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> check just check his tweets. You'll you'll know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> anyway, and 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 yeah, he just wants some easy D. Yeah, it's all good. But uh, you know, I mean, that team was tired, bro. Team was tired, man. They were, uh, they were tired, but they but they persisted. They did. They did. They did. They absolutely persisted. Um, at, you know, it, and the Falcons had heart. It, it's not, you know what I mean? Like they didn't they didn't lay down. They just they got ground down by a team that was in better condition for what they did. They needed more points and they needed to finish and they needed to not make some of the mistakes they made late. And again, some of that's got to be on Kyle Shanahan. Some of it's got to be on Ryan. Some of it's got to be on Dan Quinn. You you can spread the blame. You know, people always like to concentrate the credit and they love to spread the blame. Not my fault, (laughs) Uh, but they're going to have to own that. They're going to have to own all that. Uh, but the, you know the Patriots just you know, they took the body shots and the body blows early and they just kept grinding to wear them down. 
obviously some things went their way. Uh, I was joking around about the overtime rules. I don't think this is a good example of changing it. I really think at that point in the game, um, the way the Patriots defense had played, it, the Falcons would have had to to not only get the ball, they would have needed something tremendous um, to do it. Is it possible? Sure. But when the Patriots won the coin toss, was there? did any of you think they weren't going to march that damn ball down there oh, and score a touchdown? Over. It was over. I wanted, to, I wanted to pretend. I wanted to pretend, but, I mean, that's – that was a gut punch. I mean, the, the only way they could have stopped was if uh, Vic Beasley had made that interception in the end zone. Good effort. It was a good effort. It was the best chance they had. It was definitely a mistake. It was the only chance they had. I it mean, was the only chance, yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, then, uh, who was it that uh, face-guarded Bennett and got the defensive P.I.? Mm, well, you know, sure. I mean, the Patriots were in obviously good position at that point because they, they drove 75 yards. I mean, Brady had a great throw to Hogan. Yeah. And he had some other ones. I'm trying to remember. He was in the essentially like had a foot in the end zone when he threw out of it one time. That may not have been that drive, but he had a great throw. Anyway, in overtime, he had a great throw to Hogan. He, he hit Edelman again. You know, they just go right down the field. And, you know, Brady, he threw it at Bennett. Uh, obviously, didn't make the catch, but they got the defensive PI. It was automatic first down. And they're right at the goal line, dude. It was toss sweep right to White. And that was when you talk about fatigue. For for a, a running back to stick that kind of a run on you, that to have three defenders around him <laughs> that had contact and still get in, I mean that that was that was guts and butts, man. Right, <laughs> guts and butts workout, man. Core workout, dude. It, that that was that was intense, man. I, I did like the um, the sideline audio uh, after the Patriots won the coin toss, man. Edelman was talking to Brady on the sideline. I said, let's go score and win this thing, baby, for your mom. For your mom, bro. Um, I thought that was a nice little moment. But, God, man, I, I just – still, it's, just, it's amazing to me that that game played out that way. Uh, you know, we have all watched a lot of football. We've all watched a lot of sports. And if you hate them, you hate them. And, and that's fine. You can totally dislike the Patriots. But, I mean, how can you not look at what this game turned out to be and just be like – mind like blown dude i mean that's it's not supposed to happen it's not supposed to happen you know matt matt ryan has to be waking up like in the middle of the night being like fuck (laughs) what dude he his rating was 144 for the game i mean he he didn't have a bad game I, I, I blame it more on Kyle Shanahan more than anything else. The, the the play calling, in my opinion, is what cost Atlanta that game. Yeah. I, I just – the play calling, he, he – Matt – I mean, the, the sack fumble, I put that on Freeman. You, you got to pick up your blocks. I would have called a run in that situation myself. Yeah. Third and one, if you got to go get a yard. Your offensive line has to get you one yard in that situation. Shannon, I guess that was the longest yard, huh? <laughs> Adam Sandler agrees. But um, anyway, I just I just had a really weird thought. Yeah, that that whole cash me outside girl thing. I, I think uh, Sam Jackson had a retort for her. Penis in your anus. Was that it? <laughs> or did you mean this? Get the fuck out of my face with that shit. There you go. Hell yeah, man. 
Cash me outside. I like how I just start writing "Cash me outside" and it totally gets it. They have remixes. I gotta find the, I gotta find the actual one. Oh my god! Yeah, "Cash me outside" girl returns to Doctor Phil on Friday. Here we go to a brief history of "Cash me outside." How about that? <laughs> know your meme. "Cash me outside" girl punched an airline passenger. But there's all kinds of in- Danielle Brigoli. Yeah, I, I don't know. Let's see. Let's see if it's hey, uh, a good video. Here you go. Hold on. Do we have video of this? I hope we do. I hope this one has some video. Let's see. Here, hold on a second. Exclusive, Dr. Phil. No, that's not what I want. All right, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll look for that. Uh, go ahead, Shana. Anyway, did you guys watch ESPN right after the Super Bowl? I did not. No, uh, I, I probably should have, but. I, I flipped over. It was uh, Berman's last telecast, Chris Berman's last telecast. Um, and Belichick came over. I mean, it had to have been just minutes after the broadcast, and he came over and, and spent a few minutes with them. And he was so so gracious with his time. Because, I mean, when you win a Super Bowl, everyone wants a piece of you. But he came over and spent – Probably a good 10, 15 minutes with them on set. <laughs> Sorry. I was trying to find the, I was trying to find the catch me outside thing. It was not Belichick, No. You better be sliding, f*** you mean. That's what makes me want to take the next bitch car. What now? I'm sorry, I didn't get that. Are you speaking English? Do you have an accent of some sort? Tell them where it comes from. You know. <laughs> from the streets. From the streets. Have you ever listened to this, Shannon? Some of it, yeah. Some of it. Oh. And if you want to get technical, you don't leave your keys in a per- in someone's room when they've stolen cars before. Like, you asking for it. Dude, and they never catch me. Ain't nobody going to catch me. And they never catch me. Ain't nobody going to catch me. And all these hoes laughing like something funny. Did, did you say the, the, the hoes are laughing? Yep. Catch me outside. How about that? Huh? Catch me outside. How about that? There you go. There's our line. Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> Sam Jackson, I think, that? was with Dr. Phil asking if that was English. <laughs> English. Do you speak it? Oh, my God. Correct the mundo. English, motherfucker. Do you speak it? <laughs> I, dude, let me tell you Catch something. Catch me outside. How about that? Catch you outside? Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> if either one of my kids ever talk like that, I will smack the ever living shit out of them. I will go to jail for it, but I will smack the shit out of them. Shannon. Huh? Catch me outside. How about that? Two trailer park girls go. Catch me outside. Catch me outside. Catch me outside. Catch me outside. How about that? Catch you outside? Did you. Did you go to the fifth grade? Smoke weed every day. <laughs> oh my god. I, I did I did pick a story for you. And they can get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get off my lawn. The, this is uh I saw this headline and I said I had to mention it during at some point during the podcast. And I was kinda hoping Lindy was here because it would have worked for both of you. But uh this is the headline. Oops. Using wrong oil, uh, using wrong lubricant damaged three $80 million Navy planes requiring six new engines. I'm like, if anybody would have known the right lubricant, <laughs> it, would have, it would have been Shannon and Lindy, right? 
<laughs> there you go. Anyway. KY, baby. KY. <laughs> I don't think you would have been done yeah. with K- KY on an $80 million plane, but Navy plane, man. Navy plane. <laughs> semen stains, man. Semen stains. What are you going to do? You know that was semen stains that, that F that up. F that up. By the way, by, by the way, by the way, one of my favorite Super Bowl commercials, one of my favorite Super Bowl commercials is this one. Tom? Hi. Welcome to Shields MRI. Would you please remove all jewelry and place it in the locker? Oh, yeah. Sure, no problem. One ring, two ring, three ring, Tom and four. Tom Brady trusts Shields MRI. You can, too. that all? Actually, no. I forgot this one. It's kind of new. We're going to need to get you a bigger locker. Roger that. Shields Health. <laughs> Roger, that. <laughs> Roger that. Let me tell you, that takes some stones to film that kind of commercial, like before the Super Bowl. <laughs> that, take, oh, yeah. that takes some stones, man. That takes some. How happy was Shields Health? I don't know how much they had to pay Tom Brady to be in that ad, right? How happy were they that they got to use that in that context? <laughs> that was fantastic. Roger that. Anyway, Shannon, back to Chris Berman. Sorry, man. Like I got all, I got, I got distracted by the uh, the incorrect lubricant and catch me outside. How about that? How about that? Catch you outside. Catch me outside. How about that? Yeah. Anyway, all right. So Chris Berman, Chris Berman, Chris Berman. Yeah, but it was his last NFL prime time. You know, whether we, some of us still like ESPN, some of us don't, but. For a number of years, obviously, Chris Berman, we watched him over the years and just extremely gracious in that in in that last prime time. And yeah. Bill Belichick came over, I would say spent at least a good 10, 15 minutes, um, wished him well. It was very just very awesome. Awesome interview. And I just I love it when they pick Belichick's brain and he's actually receptive because he was actually happy and receptive at that point in time. He does usually seem to be, seem kind of grumpy, right? Yeah, he yeah. was not grumpy. I mean, he was obviously in a good mood because they just won the Super Bowl. But just hearing him just kind of relax and let loose a little bit and talk about the game, yeah, was really cool. But uh, I mean, this week, dude. Chris Berman's last telecast, Brent Musburger, who we mentioned last week, his last telecast this past week. Yeah. I mean, two giants. Two giants taking, yeah. stepping aside and retiring. I, although I do say we have to make a sports brew trip out to the Musburger uh, Vegas. That would be uh, fun. That'd that be would fun. be fun. His book. <laughs> hey, guy, you, Hey, Brent, you did say the beer would be on you, man. Let's go. We brought our degenerate D-stat here, okay? Yeah. You owe him a beer. Haloti uh, Nada wouldn't challenge him, but Brent, I know that you will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. By the way, uh, you know, uh, Mark, I know you're a fan of the um, the Kermit and Dark Kermit meme. Oh, yeah. And uh, it, one of my favorite ones I saw floating around, it was uh, obviously the, the Dark Kermit meme, but... It was uh it said Belichick, we're not gonna cheat this time. Let's just follow the rules. Looks at scoreboard, inner Belichick, it's time. <laughs> I laughed. Accurate. Yeah, I thought that was so funny, man. Oh man, I thought that was great. Um that one I enjoyed quite a bit. 
I also liked all the uh, ones with Julio Jones making that that uh, toe tap and you know, sideline catch, and they stuck him in like Michael Jackson's smooth criminal video, like stills. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, and then I I loved. Uh, by the way, man, kudos to the Simpsons for apparently predicting Lady Gaga's Super Bowl halftime performance. Uh, good on them. Very weird. If you haven't read that story, if you haven't looked at those things, look up the thing with the Simpsons and the Lady Gaga Super Bowl. It's it's actually pretty funny. Uh, although uh, nobody that had the prop, everybody that had the prop bet on like what song she would sing first, you were all wrong. <laughs> you were all wrong. Wrong. <laughs> uh, but I, I did love uh, one of my one of my other favorite ones was um, it, it was uh, and and I'm, I was glad to see George and Barbara Bush. Man, I'm glad they were out out cool. and about. That was that, cool. that was pretty cool. Uh, but I, I thought it was the funny. memes with that one yeah. were hilarious. It was like uh, it, well, one of the ones I liked was like. Um, Hey, 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 George! Can you come to the inauguration? Nah, man. Doctor says I can't. I'm too sick. Uh, hey, hey, George! Can you do the Super Bowl coin toss? Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> come to Super Bowl. I want it. <laughs> no Two problem. Two weeks later, yeah. at the Super Two Bowl. Two weeks later, man. At the Super Bowl. At the Super Bowl. I thought it was pretty funny. And then uh, Shannon, this is like one like I could see happening to you if the next time, if when the Colts make the Super Bowl. Uh, I thought this was great. There was a, a young Falcons fan and. Uh, her dad, huge Falcons fan. And so she wrote down and she charted. She took a note during the Super Bowl of what her dad was doing. And then she posted on Instagram. So this is what she wrote. 8-10, halftime, Falcons 21, Patriots 3. 8-15, Lady Gaga comes in. Football starts again at 8-40. Dad screams at 8-49. Dad screams at 8-51. Dad screams again at 8-51. Dad screams at 8-53. Dad, dad laughs at eight fifty two. Dad screams and startles me at eight fifty four. Dad jumps at eight fifty five. Weird commercial eight fifty six. Dad fights with dog nine twenty one. Dad does his evil laugh at nine twenty three. Dad screams at nine twenty nine. Dad is the happiest person at nine forty nine. That had to be after the Julio Jones catch, right? Overtime, uh, yeah. <laughs> overtime ten twenty, and the last entry. Dad cries, ten thirty. <laughs> <laughs> just, just looking at her script, I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry, Dad, sorry, Dad, sorry, Dad. Uh, side note, by the way, the 2016 Falcons were the 19th team in the Super Bowl era to finish a season with 500 plus points on offense. Wow. Okay. Do you know how many of those 19 that scored 500 points in the season did not win the Super Bowl? Did not win the Super did Bowl? Not. I'll say 16. Very good. You're very close. They were the 15th team to score 500 points in a season yet not win the Super Bowl. You can certainly, I would imagine, you can guess. Patriots, obviously. You can guess some of the other ones, man. So, actually, there, there's several that didn't even make the title game. So uh, wow. the only ones that did score 500 points in the season and went on to win it, the 94 49ers, okay. the 98 Denver Broncos, the 99 Rams, mm-hmm. and the 2009 Saints are the yeah. only teams to score 500 points in the season and go on to win the Super Bowl. So scoring a ton of points doesn't mean you're always going to be, you nope. know, you're going to do nope. it. You're going to pull it off. As a Colts fan, I can understand yep, that. You, <laughs> yes. Yes, you can. 
Uh, and for Tom Brady, some of the records set at the Super Bowl, uh, obviously most games played, we're well aware of that one, seven. And some of this is just its longevity and it's just being in it a ton of times. Most pass attempts, most <laughs> in a game, 60, 62. Most pass attempts in a career, 309. Most pass completions, 207. Most completions in a game, 43. Most passing yards, 2071. Most passing yards in a game, 466. Most passing touchdowns in a career, 15. Most games won, obviously tied with Charles Haley wow. with five. You've got some th- – that was just this Super Bowl, by the way. Yeah. Uh, he had he has most consecutive completions, which is 16, and he has most pass attempts without an interception in the game. That's 48. Those are in other Super Bowls, okay? Those are in other ones. But, you know, completely ridiculous. And you know, the, the, the stuff in this game, when you talk about records, it's very crazy. Obviously, most games head coach, that's Belichick with seven. Most points in a game, James White with 20. Uh, most passes career, we know that one. A lot of them are just, just Brady records, man. Brady records, most games for a team. Obviously, the Patriots have been in, you know, nine. Of course, they got their ass handed to them one time by the Bears, but that's so long ago, nobody even really cares. Um, you know, if you Tony got, Eason lives. Yeah, Tony Eason lives. And then, obviously, the Packers got him with, you know, Mark's tribute to Andre Bad Moon rising earlier tonight. Um, we got that one, but largest deficit, <laughs> largest deficit overcome. Uh, obviously, since it was the first overtime ever, they have the most points in an overtime period. But that's a cheap one. But most first downs in a game, thirty-seven. Uh, and combined, it was more first downs than any other Super Bowl ever, fifty-four. Most first downs passing. I mean, it's just like you can just go down this list. It's like boom, boom, most boom, boom. Most offensive plays. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's nuts, dude. Nuts, man. So it really, historically, I think people will remember this. People will forget. People will forget that the first quarter was scoreless. They're going to remember two things. That the, the Falcons were beating the crap out of them. And then the Patriots had an absolutely ridiculous comeback. A lot of details will get fuzzy. They're going to they're, – unfortunately, James White is probably not going to be remembered. And that's a shame because he had a great game. People are going to remember the, the Falcons' lead – and then the Falcons fail. That's what they're going to remember. And they're going to go, Tom Brady, holy crap, MVP. And if you want to argue about the GOAT, he has plenty of ammo. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's got plenty of ammo. I think at this point yeah. it's more – it's more. Who- I think the door has been slammed. I, I, I said a couple of years ago the door was slammed. I think passing Montana and Bradshaw for most rings in the Super Bowl era. Yeah. Has effectively slammed the door. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Montana is still the gold standard of perfection. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> kind of like the, um, Michael Jordan yeah. never lost the finals, never lost the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, it's like one of those things. But then you, you're really kind of getting very granular. Um, and, and I love Montana. Mont- you know, you're not wrong if you say Montana is the best quarterback ever. You know what I mean? You're not wrong. Yeah. You're not. But uh, I also don't think you're wrong if you argue that, that Brady is. I, I think that's you, you get subjective with that. They're at the same table. They're in that discussion. I think what becomes relevant for Brady at this point is, is he the greatest singular NFL player ever? And that, I, that I think, is still more open for debate because you get into Jerry Rice and Jim Brown. I mean, there's, there's a lot of names you can throw out. But from a quarterback standpoint, longevity, production, statistics, rings – and yes, you know, Belichick clearly is a factor in this. The team is a factor in this. There's a lot of components to that. Uh, Justin, but I th- yeah. I would I would argue and I and I'm going to use Boston sports 
here. Mm-hmm. I would argue that Brady is the Bill Russell of the NFL. <laughs> I think that's pretty legit. Because, you know, Bill Russell, I think, won <laughs> 10 or 11 championships. He won a ton. He won a ton. Brady's won seven. I mean, excuse me, he's won five, been to seven, and got the he's lost four other AFC championships. So he's been to 11 AFC championships, seven Super Bowls, won five of them. I mean, Bill Russell was just the ultimate champion, ultimate yeah, winner. Absolutely. But what's been the constant for the New England Patriots over the last 15 years? Brady and Belichick. Belichick and Brady, man. So those two guys, I mean, together, I mean, you got Red Auerbach and Bill Belichick. And Tom Brady is Bill Russell. And uh, Matt reminds us that there was Vince Lombardi and Bart Starr. Yes. So do not <laughs> catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> do not forget. Catch me outside. How about that? Do not forget Vince Lombardi and Bart Starr, according to Matthew Philip Westwoodfield. Maybe <laughs> 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 we keep going. Uh, but I, I just, I just, I like that comparison. I just think you mm-hmm. you have a guy that just makes everybody around him better. And yeah. And Tom Brady, my gosh, if if they went out and actually got him, like you know, the one year they actually got him weapons in Welker and Moss, I mean, he set NFL records. Could you imagine if they just got well, him weapons like that all the can time? Can you imagine if Moss could have just kept his head on straight? Oh, I mean, what or if they got him earlier? Oh, sure. Yeah, well, that too. Uh, I mean, just ridiculous. But, I mean, you know, Brady's produced. Regardless of who's been out there, Brady's produced. So some of it obviously is system. Some of it's coaching. Some of it's him, clearly. A lot of it's him. But they've had good players. I mean, Edelman, I think, is a legitimately fantastic NFL player Um, and somebody that has busted his ass to, to be what he is. Um, and sometimes it's just it's right player right time right place and you know look yeah he was drafted 199th plenty of teams missed that uh the the Patriots even if you want to argue it missed that on several rounds um (laughs) but and yeah if you could redraft that one he'd obviously go number one overall but you don't get to do that but they've had a lot of guys man that's a team that figures out you know how to make pieces fit and if you if you're not right for them they'll they'll get rid of you you know, and they have a ton of cap money in the going in, going in there. It's crazy. They got a bunch of money. They got a bunch of room. <laughs> yeah, you, you're not going to be able to separate Brady from Belichick. They're they're, you know, intertwined, and they've made each other better. They've made each other better. Belichick, oh, yeah. um, certainly would have could could have and should have and would have. I would say been successful elsewhere. Would he have been as successful without Brady? No, he wouldn't have been. Would Brady have been as successful without Belichick? No, wouldn't have been. But would Joe Montana have been as successful without, you know, Walsh? Would Bart Starr have been as successful without Lombardi? I mean, you you know, would would Peyton have won that Super Bowl without Dungy? Don't know. Even if they were stealing signs. Thanks, Dion. Um, (laughs) And, And by the way, Colts. You need to get back to stealing signs so you can actually win some games. True. Um, you know, I mean, it's just the only the only dude I can think of that won a whole bunch with different people. I mean, like Gibbs, what was it? Three Super Bowls, three different quarterbacks. But, I mean, that's clearly the exception. 
Like Elway was fantastic. You know, Aikman was a, was a great quarterback, but I think that was that was an incredible team. That oh, was an incredible. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the that that nineties Cowboys team was incredible. Favre, had, if Favre had been paired with somebody like, well, he would have driven Belichick mad. I don't think Belichick could have dealt with Favre. But, <laughs> well, Holmgren could barely deal. With yeah, him. I don't. Think, I don't know that that would have worked out really well, but. You know, and some of it's, it's it's just the match. It's like we talk about how good you know um, you know Manning is for New York. Man, Manning fits the Giants. You know what I mean? He fits them uh, in a way that other players of that period would maybe probably wouldn't have. And dear God, uh, the Jets, please do not do not even entertain the thought of bringing in Jay Cutler to New York. Don't do it. Oh, <laughs> don't, don't do it. Uh, <clears throat> don't do it. It will end badly for you, but it will make oh, for great. Deal. It'll make for great headlines. If you just want to sell newspapers, bring in Jay Cutler. Um, it'll make for some great headline fun. But you know, some of it is right player, right time, right place, right coach, right system. You know what I mean? There, there's a fit. We talk about fit, and uh, you know, understanding what talent is and understanding how it fits and how to use it. Those are different things, man. You can spend money on players, but they don't fit your team. Lord knows, as Redskins fan, dear God, they've done that plenty of times. Hey, let's just spend a bunch of money. Let's get to this player. Yay. And they suck because it's not a good fit. It's not a good organizational fit. It's not a good personnel fit. It's not a good leadership fit. It's something. It's, it, it's fail, not fit. And, you know, it, it's different. And when teams have good years and they have sustained runs, they have good fits. Yeah, you can get a, the old genie in a bottle and a little streak and a little magic for a little while, but you don't have sustained success, organizational success, without understanding the makeup of your team, the fit that it is, yes, you need talent. Absolutely. All right. You're not going to be continuously sustained, you know, a really high-level team if you don't have talent. That's true. But you can be a very talented team and not accomplish squat. All right. Talent doesn't do it alone. You need to, that needs to mesh. That needs to pair. With coaching, with leadership, with fit and personnel. There's a lot of things, and the Patriots have done that better than anybody else over the past 16 years. Anybody else. There are certainly years for other teams. There are. Ravens had a great run. The Giants have had a, have had a couple of good runs. Where the, you know what I mean? You can always look at teams that have great years or great runs or great moments. That happens. But, you know, maybe the Steelers perhaps – um, are, are at least an interesting conversational tidbit for that one, but they haven't done it to the same. Nobody had. Nobody's done it to that level. Nobody's done it to that level. It's incredible. It's incredible. That's my word of the day, clearly. Incredible. I'm going to say it a thousand freaking times, only because it still blows my mind that we're here, that that happened. Blows my mind. It's unreal. Unreal. Your word. Your word is incredible. Jerry Jones's word is glory hole. <laughs> true. Very true. Unfortunately, Winamp is asleep. Otherwise, it would have played that soundbite on time. Oh, Winamp failed. Uh, uh, by the way, Mark, just for you, there was a UNC fan. Oh, there it is. Hey. Better, better late than never as we're wrapping up to get out of here. Uh, one story I did want to tell you, but again, I'm especially. I want me some glory hole. Yeah, we do. There you go. There it is. Uh, I'm especially happy again that Duke beat UNC. Uh, my news feed is inundated with UNC fans, so go Duke. Suck on that, Tar Heels. Um, <laughs> I'm particularly happy, especially because there was a UNC fan that dressed up as Grayson Allen and just went around the North Carolina campus tripping people. <laughs> That's all <sounds> right. <laughs> true, true, true story. 
Okay, okay, it was all staged. It was all staged, but it was funny. It, it, was, it was funny. I'll admit, that's actually pretty hilarious, but I'm extra glad that you lost now. <laughs> you, I guess you tripped yourselves up, huh? <clears throat> but anyway. Speaking so, of glory hole, uh, yeah. congrats to the Hall of Famers, man. <clears throat> Old Jera, Kurt oh. Warner, LT, TD, JT, Morton Anderson, and Kenny Easley. What, no T.O.? No T.O. <laughs> it just goes no. to show... If, look, if the voters think you're an asshole and don't like you, it's going to be really hard to get in, man. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Just saying. He'll get in eventually. I don't know when. Eventually. Just not for a while. Dude, is, is Randy Moss next year? Has to be. Right. He's not getting in over Randy Moss. They, nah. they I don't. How long do you think they'll make T.O. wait? I think two years. A couple years. Two, three, yeah. Two or three more, or two or three total. I think two. I think two, two or three total. Okay, I mean, I'm like because Moss will get in next year. He's he's a first ballot, no doubt. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, Randy Moss has a little bit of stuff too, but he works in the media and he's likable. I think, and I, you know, I think he's kind of mended his image a little bit. Yes. Um, well, somewhere in there, <laughs> we had a whole bunch of other stuff that we talked about. Unfortunately. Uh, Adobe took a big old fat dump. It clearly, Adobe channeled its inner Atlanta Falcons at the end of the Super Bowl, and uh, just went to hell in a handbasket. So we ended up losing the segment, or really a wrap up stuff. So, eh. The good news is I salvaged the podcast. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to it. So that's the good news. The bad news is lost about twenty minutes of audio. So I'm just going to do a little wrap up here and uh, shut this thing down. But um, I did want to say, you know, one of the things we talked about, uh, yes, was Terrell Owens being an a-hole and the voters are holding it against him. I don't think that really surprises anybody. Uh, Statistically, definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And it's a pretty interesting arc. T.O. is a very interesting person when it comes to Hall of Fame candidacy and inclusion. He'll be in. It's just a matter of when. Uh, The other thing that was really important, really in the grand context, grand scheme of the Super Bowl was the human interest and the human aspect and the human, you know, component, the emotional background and the the players and the coaches and what it meant to them as individuals. And, you know, we talked about the old sports ball stuff, right? People making fun of sports or the Super Bowl or those that posted that they didn't care about the Super Bowl. And it's like, if you don't care about the Super Bowl, why are you making a Facebook post about the Super Bowl? You care enough to post about it. I always think that's kind of funny. So, (laughs) you know, here's the thing, man. For Belichick, for Brady, uh, maybe on some level for Goodell, if we were talking about that connection with their mother's uh, illnesses, Brady and, and, of course, Goodell. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's really about the players, their personalities, who they are, what their team means, what they contribute uh, individually and collectively. There's a lot of stories. A lot of them don't get covered. Uh, a lot of them may not be known. And and rest assured, there's even stuff that some of these guys, and, you know, really all, all athletes, because it's, you know, female athletes as well, everybody's got a story. Um, and everybody's playing for something. Themselves, fame, money, fortune, family. There's a purpose, right? And when that purpose intersects with talent, and ability, drive, desire, determination, sometimes a bit of luck, 
you see beautiful things in sports. Uh, that's the power to overcome, the power to rally, the power to unite. And that's what we really appreciate. And this particular Super Bowl, for all of its backdrop, for all the background, for all the components on the surface, the very visible stories, there was a lot of stuff underneath the surface as well. And that is one of the things that made it so compelling. That is one of the things that made it so incredible, a word that I used a lot during the podcast, to see New England get down, take the hits, take the shots under that kind of pressure to deliver and find a way to get it done for themselves, for their fans, for each other. That's a tremendous accomplishment. All right. And it's not to take away from Atlanta. You know, they had a great year, uh, certainly a fantastic team. Arguably, they made a lot of mistakes, uh, you know, with their lead and kind of end, end of the Super Bowl, um, whether it's play calling, whether it's execution, they fell short. Uh, and again, you don't get that kind of a comeback without some degree of a collapse. You know, call it a choke if you want. But that game, that Super Bowl, represented just something absolutely unique and something so tremendous when it comes to the context of sports and when it comes to the context of that team. And we can look at that, right? We can look at that when you have, you know, hard times and, uh, you know, adversity, what it takes to, to get up, to stand up, and to deliver. And that's the game beyond the game. That's the, that's the human element beyond just the sports box score, just the scoreboard. It's what it takes to succeed, what it takes to overcome, what it takes to be a champion right? That's the game beyond the game because those things, those dynamics, those traits, those are something that we can apply to our lives, to our friendships, to our families, to ourselves, to each other. That's very real, very real. So as we laugh and have fun with catch me outside, how about that and all that silliness and you know, as we have fun with the Lady Gaga halftime show, and we certainly pop the tops on a you know couple of tasty beers and have a little bit of fun, it's also the backdrop of the you know just the just the sheer accomplishment of doing something that seemed impossible and overcoming and that spirit, that drive, and that determination. That's a beautiful thing. And that goes beyond the scoreboard. That is, a, that is the type of game, that's the type of comeback that if you watched it and you were invested in it, you will remember that for your entire life. And those players should celebrate that. No doubt, no question. And for Atlanta, for Atlanta fans, um, that team, that's a bitter loss, man. It's a bitter loss. But if you have the heart of a champion, you're going to find a way to rebound from that, come back from that, and be even more driven and determined. Will you succeed? You'll have to settle it on the field. But the game beyond the game, friends, that's in part what this is about. And it's one of the reasons that we love sports as much as we do. So. Catch me outside. How about that? Catch you outside. Did you go to the fifth grade? Smoke weed every day.
me outside. How about that? Two trailer park girls go. Catch me outside. Catch me outside. Catch me outside. We <laughs> So have fun waiting, T.O. It's going to be a little while, bro. <laughs> anyway, man. Game be on the game, dude. And uh, Lord knows, that game itself, man. What an amazing, amazing comeback. So all the Patriots fans out there, man, celebrate and enjoy that one. I know you will. <laughs> I know you will. Uh, without a doubt. Lindy, that one's for you, bro. So savor that one, man. And uh, certainly it's going to be weird adjusting the life post-NFL season. It's always, it's always weird, man. So uh, here's to some fantastic NBA action, basketball, hockey, and all the other stuff that's going to be cranking up. We'll be having fun with, rest assured. And just for giggles... Shannon shows up just in time to cherry pick. He went. He, he's he's pulling his inner Lamelo Ball. Is that that kid's name from the high school one? Yeah, yeah, Lamelo Ball. <laughs> You're here to cherry pick right at the end. So give me your walk off thought, bro. <laughs> uh, my walk off thought is we didn't give Randy the business for not being on the podcast. <laughs> That's all right. Much like the Forty ers we don't have, we don't have to count on them showing up anytime soon. <laughs> just let you know. Rand- we we had to give you a little bit of the business, Randy. <laughs> so there it is. You got your, is. you got your business. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh my gosh, well, thanks dude. for popping One, on. Go ahead. One ninety nine, dude. I you know we started this thing over five years ago, and, and to think we're coming up on episode two hundred here. Two hundred. Um, the next time we record, I, the, all the hours. You know that we've put into it, especially you, bro. I mean, I know you put your heart and soul into it with the, the editing, the cutting, the posting, and all that. And you know, we we love you for that. We know the people, all the thousands that have listened to our podcast, love you for that. Just just amazing, simply amazing. Teamwork, man. It is teamwork um, makes a dream work. Other than Whitfield sleeping on the podcast, <laughs> and probably scratching one of his nuts. <laughs> wait his nuts or his balls <laughs> well truth be told shannon you know what i didn't have any soundboards pulled up but you know what i can <laughs> i can fix that real quick because yeah, damn straight you are right about that you said balls hell yeah nice thank you al thank you mr roker <laughs> Appreciate it, bro. Well, thanks for popping on, man. Thanks for Absolutely. popping on. Might as well finish the uh, the brew with a brew. <laughs> you know, Beautiful. yeah. We recorded on a Thursday. We have a little extra bonus fun on a Saturday, and this thing gets posted on a Sunday. Realistically, because it's already midnight, I'm not flipping it tonight. I mean, yeah. I could, but I, you know, see that my, I figure it makes more sense to post it tomorrow because people are like, "Man, I miss football." Oh, look, there's a new sports brew. At least I got that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I figured that that was my plan. At this point, that's my plan. Uh, yeah, I would, I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. And I get think you a few, hmm? get you a few Z's for the kids be running. Yeah, well, that's in the morning. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Logan keeps uh, waking up, keeps stirring. So I don't know. Might might be on duty for a little bit tonight. That's okay oh, though. That's uh that's dad life. Hashtag dad life. Uh yeah. You know what I mean? Pretty much. Hashtag parent life. That's all good. <laughs> so I have no idea what video you were talking about with Randy Moss. I think it was with Randy Moss. We were talking about T O uh, with him and his mom. With Randy him Moss and, and his mom? mom? No, 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 no. 
were talking about Terrell Owens, and then we were talking about Randy Moss, and now we'd kind of cleaned up his act a little bit and was well liked, and you know, I think he, I think he's going to be first ballot. Um, I'd be surprised if he's not. I mean, he's got a little baggage too, but. He has a baggage too, but Randy Moss was just an absolute just beast. And if if he's not voted in first ballot, they got issues. Well, if he's not first ballot, he'll be second. You know that might yeah. be that might be the old he classic. Was so dominant, I know for so many years. It might be the old you know we're 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 reserving the first ballots for the absolute bar none, you know no issues. And I I don't know again I I think you know him working in the media helps. I know that sounds weird, but I think the guys that that kind of come back to the sport and contribute, they contribute on the field, you know what I mean, and then they come back and they contribute in other ways, and they they have strong ties with the media types. I know that sounds silly, but I mean I, I think it really does matter. It makes sense, yeah. yeah. And, and I thought Kurt Warner deserved to be in. I thought Terrell Davis deserved to be in. You know, you can argue about the the, the duration of their careers, and I know Kurt Warner kind of has the donut hole. People forget he was a New York Giant. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think Giants fans forget he was a Giant. Um, he was in three of the most exciting Super Bowls of all time, though. Yeah, well, I mean, he, I think he has enough accomplishments. And his story is just his story's it, great. It's it's made of it's the it's stuff made of legends. Yeah, man. that that's a, his story is a movie. Bagging you know, groceries, yeah. gets to call up uh, whoever who who got injured ahead of him. Uh, was Trent Green. Trent Green. Trent Green, that's right. In St. Louis. Uh, former Redskin Trent Green, who I was ticked when they weren't able to keep him. Not that he was great, but he was he was a solid quarterback. And um, I think he, he went on to have a, a you know a couple of good years in Kansas City post-St. Louis. Yes, if I recall. With, uh, was it Trent Green? And was was that Priest Holmes when Trent Green was there? Was that that yeah, era? Was, I'd have to look up the Priest, roster. Because Priest went from Baltimore to yeah. KC. Yeah. I, I feel like for their little chunk of time, it was Trent Green, Priest Holmes, and uh, Gonzo. Yeah, and Larry Larry Johnson was in that mix too, right? I don't know if yeah, but I don't know with Trent. I don't remember how long. Obviously, I don't remember when Trent Green retired. But it, you know, the point was, you know, Kurt gotcha. Warner had a lot of things happened, and he took advantage of certain situations. And you know, storybook dude. Yeah, he's got a donut hole in his career, but to take multiple franchises to the multiple franchises to the Super Bowl, I mean, yeah. that's a hell of a thing, man. Hell yeah, it's a hell of a thing. I have no problem with their inclusion, but. Warner is likable and he's media friendly. Terrell Davis, likable, media friendly. You know, he he had an injury played college career, and then really a, a, just a phenomenal run uh, for several years in the NFL. Yeah, one of the best. You know, it was the perfect scheme. I, there was one point in the podcast I was talking about like right player, right right player, right place, right time, right team. You know what I mean? And that mm-hmm. was for Terrell Davis, and it certainly worked for John Elway. And you know, TD was was going all out. If I remember correctly, it was, I don't remember if it was a fumble or a pick six, but he went after the guy. He went after whoever had the ball, and that's when he tore his knee up. And then he just was never really quite the same. But, you know, I, I yeah, think... He, th- rushed, he rushed for over 2,000 yards in the season. That's, he, was, he was a monster. Yeah. And I look at Terrell Davis and I go, man, if he was healthy, you know, he mm-hmm. would have stacked a ton more yards on there. Yeah, he would have. But, you know, still for what he was... Longevity is certainly meaningful, but just being a stat compiler doesn't mean you're part of the. You, you know what I mean? Like you're a huge component. Yeah, you compiled stats, but like, you know, when you talk about an era of football, can you talk about that era of football with or without that player? And Terrell right. Davis, you had to include Kurt Warner, you had to include, and realistic Randy Moss, you definitely have to include. 
And I think Terrell Owens you have to include, and eventually the, the Hall will have to include him. But his shenanigans, um, and look, man, look, I can be salty at times, but what, how's that expression go, Shannon? You catch more flies with you know honey than vinegar? Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? That's that's uh, T.O., man. You might want to put that one to the test, bro. Just letting you know. <laughs> Just saying, man. Don't 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 keep rubbing salt in the wounds of the Hall of Fame voters, man. <laughs> it's not it's not doing you any favors, man. You'll get it eventually. Um, I, there was some lady that was really funny. Let me see if I can find it real quick, only because it's it's a bit of a hoot. Hold on a second. Okay, man, managed to find it, but this is an interview with uh, <laughs> this lady, man. It, I found it on TMZ, which is random in and of itself, but anyway. <laughs> It just says, gotta love the spirit of New Orleans and tornado survivors. Miss Constance embodied the city in this awesome exchange on live TV. She was talking about being displaced after the horrible storms this week and uh, Nola, when the poor reporter dared to round up her age. Miss Constance wasn't having it. So on chef was Constance Landry. She says she's lived here her entire life, almost 80 years, been through just about everything. I know 80 years old. Well, just about. I'm sorry, Miss Constance. 76 to be exact. No, 75. 75. Are you coming back to New Orleans and New Orleans East? Is the elephant heavy? I'm coming back, baby. That's my favorite part. Is the elephant heavy? I'm coming back, baby. <laughs> so, is it elephant heavy? Is the Pope Catholic? <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's a bear dump in the woods, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Is is Terrell Owens getting in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, yes. I mean eventually, you know, or as Miss Con- what, what does Arnold think? Or or as Miss Constance would say <laughs> Is the elephant heavy? I'm coming back, baby. <laughs> or as Arnold would say Oh man, I gotta open up another podcasting board. Oh, I was man. I wasn't ready for sound bites, man. I wasn't ready for sound bites. <laughs> there you go, here you go. Let's see. Correct. Arnold says Yes There you go. Correct. Okay. But in the meantime in the meantime Stop whining. Stop it. <laughs> there you go. So shut up <laughs> Also accurate. <laughs> you must be very proud of yourself. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. I think I think you have to record Miss Constance. Oh, we gotta keep that one? I think so. That's, that's, a keep. that's a keeper. Is an elephant heavy? Is an elephant heavy? I'm coming back, baby. <laughs> yeah, we do need that. You're right. You're right. I'm just doing my job. That's right, man. All right, Shannon. Well, thanks for popping on, man. We'll finish this beer chat for a moment. I know you got to get out of here. And we already did a whole podcast. This was just to clean up the back end of that. <laughs> it's like I do with my kids every day. I got to clean up the back end. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> get the wipes, baby. Who get the is wipes. your daddy? And what does he do? He wipes a lot of butt. Is an elephant heavy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. Anyway, from all of us to all of you, man, have a great week. Have a great weekend. Have a great week. And enjoy the games that are on. As always, you can find us uh, keyword sports and brew. Uh, home feed is on Podbean. Thanks, as always, to Podbean uh, for hosting that and liking our post. Always appreciate that. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, LiveSportsCaster.com, uh, the Google Play Store. Uh, and just look us up and you know on, on Google, man, Sports and Brew. You can look up Recumbent Flip My Lid. You'll probably find us uh, in Fail Buckets. But Recumbent Flip My Lid. I did add that. Share us. Yeah, share us. I did add Recumbent Flip My Lid to like the list of terms <laughs> like, that's on there. So hopefully we we can look that up in Google next time and the Sports Brew shows up. Recumbent nice. Flip My Lid. I think that'd be great. And since Mark's such a degenerate, we had to see if he can. Uh, 
get like a, a Reddit thing going on with the sports brew. That'll, that might get some people listening. Yeah, man. Anyway, all right, y'all. We will catch you on the flip side. Uh, <laughs> until next time, friends. Peace out, y'all. Peace. Huh.